Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Prickly Cactus Podcast. In the words of Bill Bryson, energy is liberated matter. Matter is energy waiting to happen. My guest this week, (laughs) Samantha Buck. How are you, pal? I am doing very well, Quincy. Thank you for having me on your lovely, lovely podcast. That was was a beautiful intro. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, You're you're just visiting uh, home from the West Coast where you're living right now, but... Glad you yes. could make the time out to come to Everything Hurts for uh, for an episode. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, I uh, I definitely. When you messaged me a couple months ago, I was like, you know what? It's it's fate because I'll be back in a couple months, and let's make it happen. And now we're here, so that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and a little little intro about you. You're a, you're a nuclear physicist. Correct. Yes. I'm. So I guess the the technical the technical title I would hold as of right now would be an experimental nuclear physicist. So um, if, I mean, to, to the average individual, that probably doesn't mean, that distinction probably doesn't mean very much. But um, if you asked a theorist, they would they would have a very different opinion. So the experimentalists, um, I mean, it is what it sounds like. We're the ones in the lab sort of running the experiments. And the, theor- the theoreticians, the, theor- the theoretical physicists are sort of in the ivory towers, as some would say, they're in the castle. <laughs> they're in the castle, coming up with the theory. But we we do work together, so I mean, it's 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 a family. I'm not yeah. putting them down in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I think I think we should give a shout out to Francis Bacon because without him, it would none, nothing would be possible. <laughs> That's right. That is right. You know what? We don't. We just end the podcast there. You said it. You answered it all, Quincy. The the the, the theory of everything in a nutshell. <laughs> That's, that's, that's all. <laughs> that's all I retained from my last uh, science class. I remember he was he kind of came up with the scientific method, sort of, or an early. I mean, I, that depends who you ask, but yes, for sure, definitely, definitely a, a prominent, a prominent figure in in scientific the scientific history of science, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, the history of science. The yeah. history of science. So when we talk about science, obviously, it's very broad subject indeed a lot to tackle indeed but i remember because uh, i've i've known you for for people listening i've known you for 15 years like something close to that yeah i probably haven't seen you in six or seven but yes yeah we, we go back away we do go back quincy and, and i are, are real are real homies yeah <laughs> we're homies yeah and i remember vividly years ago we were in we were on vacation in jamaica yeah and um, someone died. Stephen Hawking That's passed right. away. That's right. And I remember reading, <clears throat> I remember reading the article, and I was like, "Oh, that's too bad. Stephen Hawking died." And then I remember you reading that same article, and it resonated with you. Yeah, being like, like displaced about it. I was pretty beside myself for the rest of the day. It was just, it was definitely a sad day for the for the science community, for the physics community. For the physics community yeah. 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 Is that just because was he kind of a reason why you got into that field or was it just he was such a trailblazer and such a incredible mind? Definitely an incredible mind. I wouldn't say he was a reason I got into physics. Um, I probably didn't even know who Stephen Hawking was when I first got into physics. To be completely frank with you, mm-hmm. um, there's the first burp of the podcast. Nice. <laughs> there you Keep go. Keep coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he definitely. I mean, he's absolutely an inspiration for for. I mean, not just because of the work he did in physics, but I mean, he had a pretty devastating disease that was diagnosed early on in his life. Right. He did had. He, did he have ALS? Yeah, that's exactly that's right. Lou Gehrig's disease. I think I think that's right, and um, he. 
it was at like 21, something very, very early. So he wasn't supposed to have many years and he ended up, you know, completely surpassing any sort of any sort of anticipated like lifespan prognosis. prognosis exactly he i think he was in his 70s when he died if wow. i'm correct we'd have to look that up but yeah um, we can fact check that but yeah i'm pretty sure he was in his 70s so he was he he did get to live a full life and do quite a bit of of really monumental research and 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 made some huge contributions to the field yeah. um and he, i love i love a good underdog story personally like he, he defied the odds yeah yeah especially in that way absolutely he's like he's like the rocky of, of that's physics right. that's right that's right if rocky was a real uh, if, character, rocky balboa yeah. rocky balboa i'm pretty sure everyone in the world would know who you're talking about adrian <laughs> adrian <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that we have any. I mean, we could we could put a little clip of Hawking's voice in there. I don't know. It doesn't sound like that. But <laughs> I'm not gonna imitate it because I'll sound like handicapped. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So he he. You know, he's absolutely. It's funny that you asked me that question actually because somebody earlier today, my uncle actually asked me. He was like, "So who are your like?" Who are the the people that you look up to in your field? Like who are who are sort of your idols, if you want to use that word? Um, and everyone jumps to Stephen Hawking, and like for sure, for sure, he's he's. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that 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 out of the the domain of possibilities. But um, I know this is gonna sound super cliche, but Einstein is kind of for me more than just what he did about you know what his contribution to physics was in terms of he i mean he he published three very very significant papers and the nobel prize he won actually wasn't even for the most co- what he's most commonly known for general relativity general relativity right it wasn't so so that that's the thing that people know know einstein most prevalently for i i feel like if you were just to ask the average individual but um even more than just his like brilliant mind was um his life philosophy right like he was a very um staunch advocate for 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 inclusivity like he really did not like that ivory tower attitude um that academics especially back then like in his day kind of that was very very prevalent uh he was really against that there's actually um i might be able to find it and send it to you i mean you could it's probably all over the internet but there was a a letter that he wrote um to a female mathematician um the Emmy No Ether, if you've you've heard of Emmy No Ether, yeah, there was a she's she, and a freaking brilliant, brilliant lady um, in the she's realm a smart of, cookie. Smart, she was a smart cookie, no longer with us, unfortunately. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> yes, these are all people about like a hundred years ago, right? Wait, but, Einstein's dead. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, Quincy. Um, Yeah, and he, he, you know, wrote this letter to her basically telling her to stick her middle finger to all the people who were like, you know, have that ha- having that prejudice towards her because of her gender um and she yeah she's qu- quite incredible but like even just saying that name you probably like i maybe and have never heard of that before but i've definitely well, heard I've, of einstein i've heard of ether before but that's because it's a gas so, and a, something and a else yes drug, yeah. definitely her, no ether her last name is not has nothing to do with that no, ether. Sorry. <laughs> That's just how my yeah. brain. Uh, but see, that just goes kind of, kind of reinforces my point, right? That like she was probably, I don't know. It's it's hard to to uh, quantify somebody's brilliance, right? But she's definitely a brilliant lady. Um, but history doesn't see her or remember her the same way. But that's not the direction we're going. I yeah, <laughs> like sorry. really tangentially, or sorry, um, Einstein. Just the fact that he was so inclusive and really appreciated. Um, he was he, he appreciated intuitive creativity, which is something that a lot of times doesn't get paid 
the the homage that it's due, if that's the right way to pronounce that word, um, in in academics, people really a lot of times like to sort of stick to um, are very by the book and has to something has to be quantifiable and black or white black or white and you know what's funny is that you're you're gonna maybe ask me like well sam you just said that you were an experimentalist like isn't that kind of up your alley is for things to be black and white then you want to prove things via experiment right um which sure and you know what that's kind of the interesting part of an evolution of a physicist or a scientist in general is how your opinion on things changes and he who shall not be named i remember arguing with him one time yeah um, just once just oh just once okay right <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, that's another thing I was thinking on the drive here. I was like, I remember one time it was actually on that Jamaica trip that you brought up yeah. at the beginning here. Um, you were like, this isn't a he who shall not be named and Sam overthink a thought. Like, guys, calm down. I remember you like called us right out for it. And I thought it was so well, funny was, at the time. I was, was probably like, drinking in the Ocho Rio sun oh, for six definitely. hours. You were before like, I said shut that. up. Like, why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You were probably right. I don't, I don't even recall what it was about. But um yeah, you know, it's it's my I was very very kind of like that originally where I didn't have as much of an appreciation for intuition and create like the creative artistic side that science yeah. has to it. I really saw science as a very tangible black and yeah. white thing. But that just comes with experience like now you've gained that because you've been doing it for Totally. 10 years longer, Definitely, right? so definitely. It's, yeah, it's, Been in the game for a little while yeah, now. <laughs> it's, it's easy to go back and say it, I wish you could have done it this way because that's hindsight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, you don't have the skills to do it all and take it all in in the moment. You have to do that over a career, over a long spanning time, I think. Absolutely true. You, you can't know before you know. It yeah. just is what it is. Even be, if somebody told you, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Because of other, yeah, because of other maturity proclivities or something else hindering you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, to try and go back to that original question you had there, um, I, would Einstein even be the answer to that question, why I got into physics? Or even if you did articulate it that way, I'm not sure, but that seems to be the question I'm answering at this point. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, Einstein definitely, but more than just his physics, I guess the point I was trying to drive home there is to try, and that's something I've, I've, I've tried to to do as I get older too when you there's that 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 old saying that you know never meet your heroes because you end up being disappointed because they're usually like an a-hole or something like yeah. <laughs> something like that you know like I don't think you know I can never know whether he was an a-hole or not but from all the things that I've read and all the you know the the quotes that there are of him and just um descriptions of him his life philosophy is something that I really respect as well and kind of the type of scientists and just individual that i am trying to aspire to be in my in my journey yeah be your be your own greatest scientist That's, that's right that's right and definitely don't don't hold on to that rigid ivory tower like it's not it really doesn't serve you he actually to to bring up one of his quotes he um he did he i remember he this was maybe a year ago i stumbled upon this one it was he, he said something along the lines of um the only thing that ever really truly got in the way of my learning was a formal education. So wow. it kind of like, you know, that that really, I feel like if, if you're not already in that mindset, maybe that doesn't hit like very strong. But to me, I was like, yeah, being forced to study certain things and have to get certain grades. Prerequisites. And prerequisites. It kind of seemed a lot of the times it seems like beyond the point of what we're doing or what we're, we're claiming to do in higher academics, yeah. you know, um, and that very for anybody who's like wondering, is that the case? I if you're asking me, yes, I think a lot of there's a lot of redundancy and a lot of things that are 
besides and beyond the point in academics. If you're yeah. thinking about going down this path, be aware that that's definitely something that you'll probably yeah. encounter. There's a lot of redundancy in academics. There's a lot of redundancy in academics. There's a lot of redundancy mm-hmm. in academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> One more just for good measure. Yeah, absolutely. There definitely is. And you know what? Redundancy isn't always a bad thing, especially when you're learning. Like that's a, something where redundancy could actually be leveraged for good use. Is not just telling somebody something one time and expecting them to retain it meaningfully. Like the amount of information we're supposed to retain in one semester is just like absurd. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. And then we get tested on it. So the way we kind of we force ourselves, we cram, cram we yeah. right, and you can you can like you know get by doing that, but like. Why? How much are you absorbing? How much you and isn't that the point, right? Yeah. Isn't that the point? The is brain's that we actually, a sponge, yeah. You don't want to just mop. You don't want to just mop these the facts. Surface, you want to yeah. get the sponge and dab each individual and I, tile. It's a terrible analogy, but I feel you, man. I feel you. You do. You do want to get into the grout. You want to get into the grout. Let it sink in. Yeah. And that just there's no way around it other than the fact that that's going to take time. So, um, so, you know, speaking of time, somebody actually asked me on my Instagram page a few days ago. It was a girl, which was super encouraging. I know I, I, I really I already hearing myself and I'm like, oh, I sound like the what's your, peddler for what's your, in, what's your Instagram page? Uh, the Modern Alchemist. At the Modern Alchemist. Yes, at the Modern Alchemist. There's some like underscores in there. I'm, I, you'll probably semicolon <laughs> there's no semicolons i can guarantee you that <laughs> um she asked and i just it's always super encouraging to me i love the idea of women wanting to be in physics there's definitely not enough of us so that's Shout that's Mary Curry. right yeah but Mary see Curry. this is the only right and she was more of a chemist Ooh. not that that's a bad thing chemists are extremely important love a chemist brian cranston was a chemist on the tv show (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) they're they're the world wouldn't go around without chemists so there's there's absolutely a time and a place um but you know try and name a female physicist aside from me (laughs) 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 right so here's the thing anyways we'll move on from that but she asked me um she kind of came at it from an interesting angle, though. Her question was more like she was saying that she'd noticed I had been in school for a long time, which is a true statement. And was she she prefaced her statement, her question with the I'm trying to kind of figure out whether this is a worthwhile career to pursue. And I was like, I could find the comment and read it verbatim. But essentially what I what I kind of replied with was like, listen, if your if your viable career idea is like how much money you make for how long you have to go to school, like if that's sort of the exchange, that's the one variable you're going for there. physics is not going to be the most efficient route the right path for you like it's a lot of work and it's not that you don't get payoff or you don't get financial payoff like there's absolutely lucrative careers you can find with a physics degree but um you know it definitely is not the most direct route if the dollar is the bottom line for you i think you're gonna have to work pretty hard maybe i'm just cynical that way but i think if the dollar is the bottom line for you when you're pursuing a career then you're you're not really pursuing it for the right reasons, but right. Obviously, that's a that's a hot take, and a lot of people would agree disagree, disagree with that. With that yeah. Right. I've definitely. I see. I I definitely sit on the same side of the fence as you on that one, and have been called out by many people. And you know what? I can't even say like they have some valid points. Like you know, they'll bring up the fact that like I'm pretty privileged to be able to say that, right? Like maybe I grew up in an environment where I didn't have to worry about paying bills or if I was going to be able to eat or that kind of thing so like getting to choose what I was interested in was an absolute luxury and it's not about privilege or not privilege it's about having the mental capacity to take on that 
task of sure 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 but the thing i mean like i'm trying to even give them a little bit of that because that that is true to a degree like i can't say you know this is something that i find really interesting with people when especially when they're looking at the past and i'm going to keep this short because this is like tangential almost in the opposite direction of our of our train we'll circle back well we will circle back okay so is that you know when when (laughs) when people think about being happy or people think about like what um, you know, what's the best way to say this? Um, when people go to choose a career path and they look at life or just like any decision in life, really, but we're talking about career paths and speaking to some people who are either asking you as somebody who's kind of already been ahead, a step ahead of them on the journey, so to speak, like maybe they've already taken the degree or what, what have you, um, and you're looking back and you're kind of evaluating like was that the correct decision for me to make it's i think very easy sometimes for some people and maybe it's more negative people who tend to do this but from from my experience speaking to people about this they can have this weird way of warping reality in in a way that they isolate that one aspect of their life and they're like oh if i had taken this other degree in, instead of this one my whole life would be a hundred percent better and what i would a, be you know and it's like okay it's, it's what it could have should have they're easier it's easier for them to deal with those adversities if they throw in a little well if i did this exactly it's, i think it's just a human condition with a lot of people it's yeah. like softening the blow to their own psyche yes, yes. saying well I was doing really good, but this little speed bump came up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it was a speed bump on a 400-mile drive. Exactly. That's the thing, right? And it's like, you know, I that there's that aspect to it is like, yes, that might have deterred you, but you still have the rest of your life. And like, maybe that was a misstep if that's how you want to look at it. Yeah. But you can still wear, look at it as, where am I going to go from here? Instead of continuing to look at the past, look at the past, look at the yeah. past and be like, I should have done this, shoulda, shoulda, shoulda. Like you said, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. And just kind of letting that define you from there yeah. on out. But my, my point was a little bit more of the sense that like it's actually thinking about it from an experimentalist perspective like if you were thinking about your life as an experiment you when we kind of try and replicate results to verify something to prove something or disprove something mm-hmm. um you you try and make the conditions all of the other variables in the situation consistent because if there's more than one variable at play which is always the case is that your controlled variable right so there's control variable there's the, if you're thinking about it like a like a, a like a human experiment or something like that like a psychological or, or um or a like a, a drug experiment or something like that. Like they'll give people the control. Trial, yeah. Exactly. That's what you're thinking of. And that's not, that's a totally on par example. I just, I mean, like it's, it's very impossible really for us to look back and be like, if I did that one thing differently, we almost picture, it's like we dilute ourselves into thinking our whole, the rest of our life would be exactly the same. And in and that one way that we made a mistake, that one way would be better and everything else yeah. would be the same. Therefore, everything would be better. And it's like, no, maybe you make that you had, if you had made that other decision, like realistically, your whole life would be different now. You wouldn't be here doing what yeah. you're doing, being the person that you're being with the lessons that you have. So it's it's really, really a fool's errand to try and picture your life, like what it would have looked yeah. like if you had made that one other decision because you there's no way for you to have controlled all those other variables in the situation yeah, you're, you're to be ex- able to predict that. You're exhausting yourself living in the past like that. Totally. And preventing yourself from further totally. achievements. Yes. And the other thing I want to say, Samantha... I think it's funny. I do this personally, and I think it's kind of what you were explaining. When we go back in our memories, we put glasses on, and those glasses have lenses. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. One, one lens is polarized. 
one is one is 2020. Yeah. And we look at the 2020 vision of all the things we've done. Yeah. And through that polarized lens on the other side, we look at all the missteps and we think, oh, that's all that way. That changes everything. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's hindsight. It's yeah. 2020. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, I don't know. That had nothing to do with that girl's comment, but that was just something that I've, I've seen a theme lately with people kind of it's almost like a feel sorry for myself or kind of like want to to over romanticize like you're talking about with these glasses you look we look at the through rose color glasses or, or polarized like however you want to say it it's yeah. like yeah but no there's you're you're wasting your time doing that because there's no way you can actually with any sort of reasonable certainty predict what your life would look like if you had made that other decision yeah. so just move forward stop he, learn what you learn what you can learn from it but let's move forward yeah. instead of trying to be act like that one decision will, would have like fixed your whole life and so because you didn't make that decision what was you I, I think anybody who's maybe feeling that way about themselves can let themselves off the hook yeah exactly yeah move forward yeah. move forward absolutely yeah. keep um, the past in the past keep the past in the past so we'll yesterday, circle back yesterday now. is yeah. history tomorrow's a mystery and what's the end of that one no, there's today's a today's the, the gift. That's yeah, why that's they call right. it the present. We butchered that. <laughs> that was terrible. Is that Kung Fu Panda? Um, no, I honestly it I'm could be. Sure, it's Kung Fu Panda. Uh, you know what? That's not like me to quote animated movies. It isn't like me either. So you know, maybe you're right, but I don't know the ori- whoever originally. No idea, but Jack Black could be. You know, played not, it, the Kung Fu Panda. Oh, did he? Okay. See, this is how much I don't know about the movie we're yeah. trying to. You're not, you're not missing much. The, fir- the first one was good. It had like a 73 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. But then they made two more after, and they just went downhill fast. It went, you know what? It's sometimes really hard to You know why? Because they were looking at the past movies. Hey! <laughs> well done. Quincy, you're a, a, a quick learn. <laughs> but, so, so, yeah, back to, your, back to your job title, Samantha. Right. Experimental Nuclear, nuclear Physicist. physicist. If you had to boil that down in layman's terms for for people like me, it's for people you- like me too. Like, how do I describe myself? Um, so, when it is not a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic, when everything's shut down, where you would find me is in um, basically at a lab, a, a particle accelerator lab. Um, What's a particle accelerator for those of us? For those of us, okay. So, um, a, a little bit earlier before we started talking, I was kind of. Um, uh, th- throwing out the the Higgs boson, most people have heard of that, right? Switzerland, so, shout so out to Geneva. That's right. That that came from CERN. That discovery and that is that is like the what we I can't remember if it was you or Sasha. It was it was it was the Nike. It it's was, like the Nike yeah. particle accelerator. <laughs> yeah, like you, you. If you're an experimentalist, you definitely want your turn doing something at CERN. It's it's a, a friggin' incredible incredible place to be with with absolutely brilliant people. But uh, there's there's other particle accelerators other labs that are similar not in magnitude but similar um in i guess architecture like in the theory of what they're even trying to experiment doing doing similar things not just to such a bigger scale exactly Yeah. yeah yeah um and canada has canada has a few but canada's like premier one um, is Tri- Triumph, which is on the UBC campus out in Vancouver. So this is part of the reason I'm out there. Nice. Um, and we're, we are now starting starting new experiments, like things are starting back up. Um, so I should get to be back in the lab before the summer summer closes out, which makes me very happy. Is that exciting? Yeah. It is very exciting for me, in part because like it's been so long since I've been able to do any of that. Um, but also because I'm kind of considering switching my field 
hopefully my my supervisor doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> um, before I make this decision. But he, uh, you know, I I did at the beginning. I'll give a little bit of context. I at the beginning of my master's degree, um, I sort of did. I'm all about the tangents. I did a tangent away from nuclear physics. Um, which I guess, okay, I'll answer your first question, which is how, what is nuclear physics? So on, it, we're basically studying, you've, in, in high school science, we learn about, we learn about atoms, we learn about the nucleus, right? Yep. So the there's... The powerhouse of the cell. No, that's the mitochondria. Uh, <laughs> high school is a while ago. <laughs> I, you know what? I appreciate the spirit. It is, it's still, and it's, in a way, it's the power, it's more the brain, I would say that way. But, um, so... The it's not a cell, it's an atom, right? So the nuclei. If you're thinking about you were you were talking about the periodic table earlier, and that's exactly exactly it. So those are atoms, um, and so if we were talking about chemists and the difference between I'm in terms of physicist, I'm probably the closest thing to a chemist that's still in the field of physicists. Gotcha. Okay. So ke- chemists, elect, especially like um, there's d- different types of chemists, obviously as well. Um, but for the chemists who sort of study the electronic structure, which remember electrons. Yeah. When we talk, yeah. So there's the nucleus of, of an atom, and then outside of that nucleus are the electrons, which are like the really light particles that give something charge that make it ionized that dictate sort of how it interacts how it with works. other atoms right um so they study that at that level at sort of the electronic structure level i study a level uh, uh, like one step down in terms of size so smaller so we're going down into the nuclear is level that why, is that why you got laser laser eye was that for your job so you could see one step smaller honestly uh, <laughs> i wish that it would that i could say that it had some sort of like cool like i need you know what i'm actually gonna redact that statement before it even leaves my my mouth one day I am going to go to space and having 2020 vision to go to space is definitely a freaking bonus. So you don't want a blind astronaut. Just going to throw that out awesome, there. Yeah. If NASA ever listens to this. I've yeah, got, I've NASA, got good yeah. vision. That's right. NASA. NASA. <laughs> Yo, look at it. Yes. <laughs> For those who can't see, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a NASA t-shirt. Oh, you're repping, I'm yeah. such a loser. <laughs> yeah. It's, nope. it's, it's just, it was, it's the clean shirt I had today. So it's the clean shirt. that was, that was a happy coincidence. <laughs> happy. Coincidence. <laughs> happy. Wait, what is, what does Sheldon say? Happy accident on the big bang theory for anybody who listens or who watches that show. I've happy never accident. seen that show, but okay, all right. Well, <laughs> Bazinga. Baz- yeah. <laughs> Bazinga. I've said mm-hmm. that a few times, mm-hmm. but so a particle accelerator it is accelerates that, the particles. It's moving them really fast. <laughs> Correct. And is it, how is it moving them, like clockwise, counterclockwise? Or? Mm-hmm. So basically what we, at, at, so at CERN, the way that um, if, you, if you actually were to bring up a picture, there's different, so here's the thing. At Triumph, there's different branches at that lab. So there's, um, there's different types of experiments that go on. Okay. Um, there's, there's different, and there's different detectors that, that facilitate those different types of experiments and it, it depends on the species of of nuclei that you're studying the and species of nuclei that okay. you're studying right so we we um different d- different nuclei have different weights depending on how many protons and neutrons 
are in that nucleus, gotcha. right? So that's also from like high school, like the the going back to the chemist for a second, the electrons being very light, the weight of an atom of something, its is weight is it's held it's in that nucleus. That's right, and and that's what gives it its its the the mass of its mass, <laughs> the protons and the neutrons. Um, so in terms of like a particle, like if we were thinking about colliding particles together, in the, the to, with this is like the Higgs boson discovery. Um, they effectively sent sent particles in the opposite direction from each other in this circular accelerator really, 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 really fast and smashed them together. And there was a lot of um, energy released in that collision. And basically what we study is like the after effect. Like, what do we get out of that? So, so like, so like and, uh, yeah, in, in layman's terms or how my brain's processing it, after... A head-on collision between mm-hmm. two cars. Mm-hmm. You're looking at all the rubble that smashed Ex- off of the cars and went 40 meters down the freeway. Quincy couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly that's exactly it. So w- we collect that data and basically try to make sense of it. So this is where our the- the, uh, our theoretical friends come and and give us a hand and they say, okay, based on these models and our numbers and our simulations, this is what you should expect to see. And if you don't, this might be why. And maybe this theory is correct instead. So basically, we're taking that data and we're trying to confirm or disprove it, disprove these models, like by trying to fit it to these models. And when you say confirm or disprove is that beyond a reasonable doubt or what's your what's your scope for like excellent question um yeah it would be with on but beyond a reasonable doubt and and there's like a percent threshold of accuracy which would be considered something that's like um usually even when they make such a big discovery they don't second burp of the podcast they don't they don't say something with absolute certainty they like even when you see something come out like on um on the internet or something um if you're subscribed to something like that they will say scientists new new findings suggest Suggest. right it's very it takes a very long term time a very long time to confirm something as like widely accepted because there's nothing you're ever going to be able to test that's going to get i mean never say never but like yeah. you're not that you're going to test and it's going to be like 100% this is what's going on there's always some 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 um, within a percentage error and that error we're always still trying to figure out like what is causing that error is it is it our um, lack of sophistication in the measurement apparatus that we're using to do this uh, is there something wrong with the theory there's a lot of things is it like is it something we're failing to consider in the environment are we not isolating this, this thing properly like there's a lot of things that could be causing that so they say suggests because it's like we can have really exciting results that elude or lean or suggest yeah. something, but we we definitely need repeated a, experiments to 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 confirm that to basically reproduce these a, results. Sam, it's a good way of of putting um, it's a good way of putting experiments out there. I wish the fucking mainstream media did that when they have these big headlines that they always say definitively this happened, this happened. They should say we suggest, and then should come back. Oh, we actually did some research. Yeah, and yeah. this is the real story, even though that's not giving us ratings. But, e- exactly, and that's, dividing people. That's but sorry, a, I digress. No, it's it's that's a huge part of. I mean, you can ask anybody who's in. I mean, either academia, academia, or. Um, or industry is what they call it if you're a scientist who works for a company instead of instead of like a, um, a university institution. Yeah. Um, that whoever's footing the bill usually has an agenda, or usually has an angle, or usually has something they want. Yeah, there's they always. Want. <laughs> it's funny whenever you get really good at what you do, you can call it selling out, or whenever you become to the pinnacle of your trade or your profession, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. 
there's always someone there hey yeah i i can i can finance you yeah and make you bigger than you ever wanted to be yeah but it's my money i'm gonna give you my input my yeah, two cents that's and you're right gonna, you're gonna use that two cents and be persuaded to say things through my lens yeah absolutely and usually it's because they have some sort of company that that offers some sort of solution for the finding yeah. that you're supposedly encountering and, and it's gonna make them money somehow yeah and if you say no to them they'll say okay well you'll never evolve past Whoop, this without there us. goes your funding yeah. <laughs> pull the rug out from under pull us. the rug that's right it's a very difficult situation to be in and that's why i think a lot of i've had this this exact conversation with um quite a few scientists and they i mean like it's something that's very unfortunate because it really undermines the science right like it's yeah. like it completely like it really really undermines ability people's ability to I mean, ability is maybe not the right word because you, I guess you're still able to tell the truth. But when you're doing science as a means of survival, like just like anybody else, they they're still worried about providing and they're still yeah. worried about surviving, and they still want to make sure that their their years, their decades of research and and effort they put into earning their title and their credentials doesn't get yeah. completely like thrown in the toilet, right? No, so, 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's they're looking def- after their own yeah, yeah legitimacy and which legacy. Yeah. Do you can you blame people and it just becomes it's a very there's there's a lot of ethics in that in the in that yeah. and that there, there could be a whole podcast about that which we don't need to have. But, no, but it's time. definitely a thing to be aware of. It definitely exists. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched a video, Samantha you, you showed me it years ago, but I watched it three weeks ago in preparation for this. It's called What the Bleep Do We Really Know? Oh, my God. I watched that. I remember watching that when I was, like, 16. And it, I was, like, bo- it, mind blown. It blew my fucking mind. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It blew, <laughs> that was, that it was such my a, top off. That was such a... I, I probably don't remember everything in such vivid detail as somebody who watched it three weeks ago, but I do. It was it, it was quantum mechanics related, yeah. It was all quantum yeah. mechanics, and they, the part that got me, what I res- what I resonated with, they showed someone dribbling a basketball yeah. from their hand to the pavement. Yeah. And they said, yeah, when you're dribbling the basketball, you're not just pushing a ball up and down your brain is sending a message to your fingertips and each individual particle in your fingers is simultaneously really 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 fucking fast pushing this ball down yeah and back up yeah and it it, it didn't give me a headache but i, I knew i was getting mind fucked because it was like yeah it's so amazing so many intricate things happening just to do a simple task that's that the we perfect think is word. simple that's the perfect word is intricate that's something that we take completely for granted is yeah. is there's it's very very involved and very nuanced absolutely um and anytime we move or touch something this is happening right yeah exactly exactly i mean you know that we could we could go into biology in that sort of way of like how how intricate and how involved like just existing as a human is or existing as anything is but you know for from a physics standpoint um i think the th- okay so going I, i'm going to reference that earlier conversation that i referenced earlier about having a conversation with my uncle asking what my who my sort of like uh, um influences right were in physics um and just basically sort of asking about physics in general like what what do you study and how how would i explain physics to somebody who like never maybe took it or doesn't know and 
um, if you think about there's you can think about physics as like a whole as an umbrella and then the first if we want to think about this as like a like a one of those trees diagrams that goes down like that breaks off into branches and you kind of see like you know how when people try and describe pyramids yeah I was gonna to say Ma- Maslow's hierarchy of needs <laughs> yeah or, or that yeah or, or yeah. uh Anything that kind of has a has a yeah. has a chain to um what do they call those in in biology they're like species trees the, yes. the you know or a neural net or something yeah so basically if you look at the top like at the very top the most general overarching title would be physics and then you can break physics down into like classical Newtonian physics and then quantum mechanics, which is more new age stuff. But new age even sounds weird because it's been around for over 100 years. But And we still don't know that much about it. Right, right. right. So what the thing is, we I mean, we do know a relative amount about it. The problem that stands with it, and this is what I was kind of trying to explain to my uncle earlier, was that m- more than anything, the discrepancy that we have is trying to unify classical mechanics with quantum mechanics in a single theory that accepts them both. We need to make a hybrid. We need to pull a little bit from both and have everyone come to a common agreement. That's right. So see, this is, this is, there's a lot for a while when, especially, especially back when quantum mechanics was first emerging back in like Heisenberg's day, um, not Brian Cranston, the real Heisenberg. <laughs> the real Heisenberg, the real Heisenberg. Um, you know, this was this was something that um, uh, and Schro- Schrodinger. You guys probably heard of it, yeah. So these these are like fathers of quantum mechanics, and um, they the whole thing that that we now really understand of where quantum quantum mechanics is most most absolutely not even just applicable to but undeniable to is things at a subatomic scale so things very very tiny things so like things that i work on um like nuclei and even and even smaller so like when we're thinking of constituent particles like quarks and mesons and bosons and right though so these the very very most fundamental fundamental um, sort of level particles we, we we deal with or that we know exist in our theories um, and have some sort of evidence to substantiate. Uh, the quantum mechanics, it it doesn't, it works at that small scale very well. It predicts things that we've done experiment experiments on and have confirmed results for. It's a completely different theory than what we would use to apply in a situation where we were trying to figure out um, if you were like to like sort of try and reverse engineer what happened in a car crash. It's like, okay, what speed would that car have had to been going if for that other car to intersect yeah. at that angle and for this for this sort of trajectory of those pieces to come flying off after the collision. Yeah. We can do that. It, we just ha- we just need to know a certain amount of input input information about the scene and then we can absolutely predict. You have to have more controlled variables. Then, so, then you can add your independence in. absolutely independence that's right so um the the so that's the thing we at our sort of like on our everyday what we call macroscopic scale that's where classical mechanics newtonian mechanics and i, I say newtonian mechanics because if anybody's taken high school physics who's listening listening to this that's what you that's what you learned about you learned about the equation equations of motion you might you might I mean depending on how old you are you might have also learned about quantum mechanics in, in high school but for sure if you 
you took any sort of high school physics, yeah. that's where they teach you the fundamentals of like trajectory and projectile yeah. motion There's and stuff like of, that. Gravity, yeah, right? Yeah, that old chestnut about the tree on Isaac's head. That's yeah. right. Uh, Newton, Isaac Newton. That's the apple falling on his head. That is classical physics. And that's definitely unwavering. It's not like we're trying to throw that out the window. No. But so this is the thing. Back when quantum mechanics was just emerging, when we were starting to like realize that things behave differently at different scales, it's always, it's always, I will tell you something. You can quote me on this. I will take this to my group. It's always, whether you're in physics or anything in life, it's always a problem of scales. And that sounds probably very abstract and very weird. No, that's the truth, Ruth. It's the truth, Ruth. If you really, really think about it, like even even there's a lot of philosophy that you can you start to interpret differently when you you know when people say like if you want to f- sum up your life you look at the small like if you're trying to you know think about your life as this overarching thing and what themes you have and who you are as a person and they say to look at the small things you do every day the small projects into the large like that's it's very and this is where we have the discrepancy right it's like why is the small not projecting into the large (laughs) what large why do we have different theories one that dictates very well and predicts very well with like excellent accuracy on a small small scale and then a completely different one that seems to govern things that we can see at like the human eye level like why why and why can't they be in the same why can't we marry those two together in one night nice neat box that yeah. just works that we can't we still can't and, and but we know they both exist so at first it was kind of a debate back in heisenberg schrodinger day was more like one's incorrect the other one's incorrect so it was a debate about that kind back of in and forth, a, back and along forth. the same debate as is 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 it a is it a particle is it a wave very similar kind of argument where more now it's kind of generally like accepted by most people that it's it's probably both we just don't really know all the details as to how it's both but it's it's a wave of color it's a it's a pave a A pave sounds old i like wave well i wonder i wonder what uh i wonder what z thinks about that because his um philosophy background and you're so, uh, right philosophers are fantastic i honestly just like all day would love to just debate about the yeah. the how how can we how can we look at physics through that, that well it's great that we got one here oh we totally like i wanted to chime in the whole time um please chime in yeah hop in yeah it's it was definitely a uh quantum physics inspired notion this whole looking at it at a different scale yes and, and i think in philosophy it's usually regarded as uh fine-grained Yes. Um, and yeah, you, you find different truths at different whatever scale you're looking at. And so working within that language has really brought us to, you know, just bring our truths to a more subjective level, but at the same time, a more objective level, which is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, um, yeah, so that in, in terms of, in terms of, uh, in terms of going back to the physics umbrella that we were talking about, yes. th- that's kind of like when you, if, we, if we're going to, we can rope Stephen into this, our, our good friend Hawking. Stephen? Um, that was his life mission, really, was he wanted the theory of everything, right? And that would be the theory of everything, something that is able to, and if there are, there are, if, if there are any physicists listening to this, I think I just unplugged my headphone by accident, but that's okay. I'll just keep going. That's okay. <laughs> Um, I, you know, what's that? Do you want it plugged in again? Sure. That would be great. Sorry about that. I'm a fidgeter. Can we do a pee break? Sure. Let's do a pee break.
It's so great, guys. I'm just like. Should have got you a mic. I told you, should have got you. Yeah, a like you want to get. Do you want to be part of this? Let's do it. I, mean, I love I talking about this. I feel, like <laughs> I feel more like I'm chimed like in. Chime in, chime in. Did it come apart? I I kicked something. I fully. Uh, it was me. Yeah, it wasn't you. Loose. We have a couple loose like ones. Way way quieter keep when he's talking. Yeah, he's he's back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I'm back. I'm good. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I was looking on Amazon. What if we found like a bar or something that you mount? So you, you want to go to space? That's the goal. That's a goal. Yeah. That's a goal. It's always been the goal. You're so close I, to that goal. I, I don't. I honestly don't think cl- yeah, close is generous. But I maybe but like, have nice have a step above somebody who's never ever like wanted to pursue it. <laughs> who wants to, always wants to pursue it, but it was just never totally there, scientifically or mathematically. Listen, you don't need to be a scientist or a mathematician to go to space. How, how do I go to space then? Okay, so I will tell you. So the reason I know that that's not because I used I was under that impression as well. Um, and it was actually at a like um, an event that was held at Science World in Vancouver back in 2019 for like girls in STEM. So I, mm-hmm. when I was working for One Cubit, um, they basically had some people participate in this and like be like women in quantum computing, right? So that that's what that was about. But at when I was there, there was a woman on a flight suit, and I was like, so I like went right over to her, and I was like. Like, tell me, girl, tell me. And she was like, I'm actually a communications major. So she is not in physics, is not in any math, anything like that. Um, she was, she, she did some kind of, she's part of the communications department um, out of that, that dealt with like, it wasn't NASA directly, but something like it was like a sister thing to NASA that she got, that she, that she was involved in. And they themselves are trying to, integrate more people into space programs that are not solely from scientific backgrounds. Very much so. Very much the case. Um, So because they train people regardless, right? They train people all the same. And like the, the, the whole goal is to have these, to have our ships not be like, these things that you one necessarily have right? one yeah, dimensional yeah. and have to be these things that like oh it's like in the movies where you have to like fix it while you're <laughs> out there it's dramatic like right. no we want other people than just physicists or mathematicians or or uh, medical doctors or something like that going to space so like very much the, I can I definitely follow her on Instagram um, and she definitely has information about like her yeah. life story and her path posted and that might be of interest to you but she she yeah no, no, no formal science background like you're thinking that the same way I thought. I assumed that that was that's what you needed to do. I don't think that's the case anymore. So do not, don't let that dream die, homie. Loki, I'd sell my entire family to go to space. I wouldn't have that on record. (laughs) You can sell me me to go to space. I get it. You want to go with Bezos? You have a baby. You can't do that. I don't think I think you lost that right. Crazy child. (laughs) Yeah, but what's cooler, having a dad or having an uncle that went to space? I don't, honestly. I mean, Oakland went to space, but your dad's now sold and gone. <laughs> Who's the new to dad? To facilitate that space space flight. What a weird thing. Why would that ever need to be the thing on the line? Like, what? <laughs> Who wants that? Like, what? <laughs> Maybe Jeff Bezos is really weird. I don't know. Um, you know what? Yeah, he's he's a he's a lizard, so they say. Apparently. I d- would apparently get it. Apparently. apparently. Oh, I love a good pun, Samantha. You know, I do too. I'm not that clever, though most of the time <laughs> um, that's pretty ironic coming from a physicist <laughs> physicists aren't I, so here's the thing you know when i was talking about people being like just appreciating the intuitive and like creative thinking side of 
a scientific mind more than just this like hardcore black and white tangible calculation like there definitely are those physicists there are those scientists and that's fine there's absolutely a place for them but I will tell you it is not those people who end up being the trailblazers who who are willing to come out with a theory that is so like nothing that's been introduced or out of left field so out of left field that it's almost certain to be rejected at the beginning every time something that's radical but ends up being true and proven because people are going to disagree with it that's right and people are going to be envious they didn't come up with it i don't i mean envy probably for some for some percentage of the population is probably true it's probably like a like let's let's make myself feel better by scoffing at them and and ridiculing them i think so but i think it's just so like absurd to them because it's so not like what they had accepted before that they don't want to accept it. It's like no, 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 no. Come on, that can't, I can't have. We can't have been that wrong. There's no way. Like yeah, there's definitely an ego sense. in there, right? Yeah, it um, and there's actually historically been quite a few scientists that have ended up have had suggestions kind of in that realm of being fringy that turn out to be correct later and they end up committing suicide in their life because nobody will listen to them Jeez. right do, do you I'm know trying to, okay, let, you know you're gonna be like who i dome. promise you there are and i you know what let me let me let me we let know me. they the the, the guys can factor okay that. okay that's it's definitely a thing like i promise you it's, a well, thing. it's like it's like anything it's like the same thing if someone uh came out with their sexuality and wasn't accepted by anyone yes they're gonna be prone to totally totally they're not feeling accepted they're it's not a, feeling the same premise they don't and yeah like imagine spending your life dedicated like this is your life's work and you're like look at this beautiful thing it's going to change everything and people are like "Eh." (laughs) nope nope (laughs) you're gonna it definitely is uh, you can survey says yeah you can see how it would be disheartening right so i it's i mean depending on how how invested you're you're a lot of these people and going into that stereotype of like boys club a lot of these were men that were like this was their no surprise this was their life this is what they were doing so it wasn't like oh well you know what that sucks but i'll just like go home to my family and be okay Mm, I wouldn't know. They do so pretty hard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you were referring to anyone specifically earlier. Uh, I was still, trying to, and my like quick shoddy search. memory was failing uh, me. Ludwig Boltzmann was the yes. f- like big name that Boltzmann. came up. Yeah. Boltzmann. 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 Yes. Sorry. That's that's really embarrassing because he was a physicist. So yeah. <laughs> one the, of the pillars of modern physics, according <laughs> yeah. to one of the pillars. Page. One of the pillars that <laughs> Sam couldn't remember. People are gonna be like, "Who's this chick? What?" <laughs> <laughs> She says she's a physicist. Can we see a degree? Do you even gravity? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Do you even gravity? Do I even gravity? I try. That was honestly there was a there was a <laughs> what one course that like changed my life in terms of becoming more of a leaning towards towards trusting my intuition more and like wanting to be more of an intuitive physicist rather than just this hardcore ab- like objective kind of like everything needs tangible proof person um was uh, quantum field theory and i took it at uh, i don't know if you guys have heard of perimeter institute in waterloo yeah of course yeah. okay I, so, live, yeah, I live there i know so. you live there. some people just would not care that, that, that that's a thing but weirdly randomly it's in water i mean waterloo is an excellent university so it's it's not actually part of the university of waterloo but it's it's no who funded it though that's a good question. Because he used to let he used to uh, Stephen used to make appearances there. there. Yeah, absolutely, he did. So I feel like his estate might have funded. I don't know because it's a it's a pretty honking, uh, it's a pretty honking campus they got. It's there. a really cool building. Like if you go in, I remember the fr- I will never forget the first time I walked in there, and there's just like it's like exactly no one ever thing. forgets their first time. No one ever forgets their first time. There's like 
people writing shit on the walls like they had like those glass walls that you could write equations on and people That's were cool. actually doing that i was like oh, that oh reminds God. me of that reminds me of the social network when fucking zucks writing or jesse eisenberg's writing the That's, the algorithm for the for the poker or whatever the fuck yeah. it 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 was yeah. very before they were hacking all our information and giving it to whoever right? that's right selling it for elections to the highest bidder yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's it's so it was uh, offered by um by the Perimeter Institute, and because uh, you were going to Gu- University of Guelph at the time, that's right. It's still am. So this is where my 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 do- my master's degree will be Just from in in experimental nu- nuclear physics. Um, will be from University of Guelph. Nice shout out to the nuclear group at the University of Guelph. Shout out to the nuclear group at the University of Guelph, the Griffins. The Griffins, yeah. Um, so this course, I was, you know, especially as an experimentalist, this is something all the other the people in my research group were like, what is wrong with you? I took so many courses. Like, so I think you actually need to take two uh, graduate, two, two or three graduate level physics courses. If you're doing a research based degree like master's, um, so you need to take a couple of courses. And but the, the vast majority of, a, of your degree is your thesis. So it's like your independent research that that's, you have to do. That's the thing you defend your dissertation. That's right. That's right. So you'd have to defend your thesis. Um, Are you doing that right now? I will be doing that in November or December, depending um, when I get scheduled. But hopefully, if everything if everything stays on schedule as of now, it will yeah. be it will be at the end of this year that I defend. It is a it's a public defense. If anyone cares to listen to me talk about that at that level, you probably don't. Yeah. Um, but you they, you basically get to watch three. Uh, wicked smart high-level physicists grill me for like a couple hours <laughs> and then decide if I'm worthy <laughs> that's really what wow. that's really what it is right um, but uh, you I mean they prepare you for it it's not they they want they want you to hopefully they want yeah, it's you not to just well. you're not improvising this you're not, not improvising God so are they talk about neck sweating I would be next I will I'll be neck sweating regardless big you're a big next neck sweat gal yeah. I don't know why that makes me sound like I'm 600 pounds. I'm not. No, I'm no. My, my neck sweats. My neck sweats. Like everyone's neck sweats. So, I mean, they should go to the doctor if they're not sweating from their neck. I think you know they have what? a blockage. Thank you. That makes me feel better. Yeah. All right. So, now that my ego feels better. Um, yeah. What were you we saying? So your dissertation. Mm-hmm. How long? Like, is it a written... Is it a written paper you submit and then you do a verbal, you verbalize it or is it? That's it. That's both. So I do, I have to, it's about a hundred pages that you A hundred pages. It's, so it's, it's a fucking novel. Yeah. That nobody will ever read except your own, your own committee. So basically your committee. I won't read it, but I'll let you read it to me. Like if you do an audiobook. <laughs> oh my God. That would be god <laughs> oh, no, awful. We'll, we'll do, no, <laughs> no, we'll do an episode. That? Sam, we'll do an episode. You're just going to, you'll just read your dissertation on the podcast. Let, how about I just do a synopsis? Is that the right word? The cliff notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you don't. The Hicks notes, as the, they call it in the physics community. <laughs> we don't. You don't want me to read the whole the whole damn thing. I can promise you that. I don't want to read the whole damn thing. So, um, yeah, you had to write it. I, I have to write it. Have to. This is a future tense. So this is like. This I'm, is soon. This, this is, is like soon. This is soon. This so year. This is this year. This is this year. This is. I've had a couple other side projects in machine learning going on, which is kind of what I've been spending my time on. Machine learning. Machine learning, which is, I guess, a subfield of artificial intelligence. If you want to. A bunch of Roombas, or what are you doing? Yeah, not he's Roombas. got a bunch of lathes in there. Oh my god. So, so yeah, artificial intelligence and quantum computing. I don't know what that means. 
could you right could right we get into that right so i think we can circle back because what i was saying was experimental nuclear physics i kind of went explained that for a little bit and then at the beginning of my master's degree i did an internship um, at a company who shall not be named <laughs> in vancouver that's in quantum computing like the software development side of things um, because there are quantum computers, there are physical quantum computers, but they do not build physical quantum computers. They they deal with the um, software architecture that basically runs atop these. So it's like they're not the person building the laptop; they're the person building the software that runs on the laptop. If that so they're sense. so they're they're when you say building the software, does that just mean writing lines and lines and lines of code? Yes, there are people. So there are software developers who are doing that. I am not a software developer. Um, that's a different, that's a that computer, that'd be a computer engineer. That would background. be like a computer scientist, a software yeah. developer, computer engineer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I, so this is where it's funny because experimental, this is very theory based. So I'm like not building these computers. I'm doing the theory that should govern in theory how a quantum computer should work. If when they become mainstream. Right. Which, mainstream. which they probably will be. I mean. Was that a bad word, mainstream? No, 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 no. It's definitely not a bad word. Um, it's just a weird question to try and anticipate, like to say like when, because that is something that comes up a lot in, yeah. in interviews about, um, not that this is People an People are impatient. They're always like, when are we all going to have? have quantum computers in our home. So you can't of, have one, Deborah, because you're fucking retarded. <laughs> you couldn't do it. Well, no, more that, like, Deborah probably doesn't have a sub-zero fridge in her house, right? Yeah. Like, that's more of the issue. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, there... She's got a lot of Pinot in her fridge, I bet. Maybe she could. Maybe she could facilitate a quantum so, computer. So these are massive, massive computers. Like, mm. You know what? Not, sorry, not size-wise. I mean functionality the amount yeah, that they can do the capacity in theory yes I, I just picture having i just picture having one personally and i, wa- I watch a lot of porn so just just oh, using God. a quantum computer for my porn or wow i don't i honestly so here's the thing about, about the difference in classical computers like what we have and now that you would have just like as your laptop or your cell phone and a quantum computer you know it, they're not going to take over doing what classical computers do better that's not the goal. So people We're not often reinventing think that. the wheel. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're trying to do things that the current wheel can't do. Yeah. And what those things... We're trying to put better bearings on the wheel to make the lug nuts fit snugger, to make the wheel perform better all around. No. Another terrible analogy. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not making the wheel turn better. <laughs> oh, we're shut not, up. We're not, we're not doing that at all. We're trying to solve different problems, right? So... Oh, this is the, see applications to me. I'm I really I'm really into like the theory. Like people are like, well, what can you apply that to to make money? I honestly don't care. I want to talk about like the implications for like human consciousness. That's it's, what I care. It's not about, about money. <laughs> this isn't Jerry it's Maguire. Not about it shouldn't be. A lot of people want to shoot me down, and they're like, we still need to live, Sam. And I'm like, well, capitalism's a scam, and we don't need to live this way. But another podcast. Topic. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I'm here for any I'm here any for and all it. political. Uh, I'm here for it. Um, quantum computers are hopefully the idea is that they're going to be able to solve problems that classical computers simply can't because of the way that they process information. So is that going to be beneficial, let's say, for healthcare for finding diseases? Like, well, is there a medical uh, angle to this? Absolutely. With cancers and Absolutely. with stem cells and with cloning. Absolutely. I hope cloning because I have stock in a company called CRISPR. Oh, that's a. That's the I don't know deal. the cloning thing. I see that's see that's more like biochem, yeah, cryogenic yeah. things but that I I definitely don't have agency to speak. 
don't. I'm not cryogenic. It's just a bunch of sad people in a in a in a chamber. In a chamber, trying to preserve themselves. <laughs> I don't. You know, there's a lot of money in it, but it's definitely definitely not something yeah. I know. I hear it's, about, a, pre- I hear it's a sad profession. <laughs> I know. Probably sorry, right. but anyways, with the with the medical angle and how it would it cross over to the nuclear side to your. Uh, See, this is this is where this is where I'm trying to like rest currently rally my supervisor and like he's like, I don't know anything about this. I'm like, I didn't either, but now I'm starting to and I want to bring us into the future. I want to use quantum computing to sort of further the initiatives of nuclear physics, basically our experiments, basically our predictions for experiments. So so you got to say that to your supervisor at work, I want to bring us into the future. If I said that <laughs> at work, Samantha, my boss would just laugh at me because we'd be pouring concrete. I want to bring us into the future. <laughs> what do you mean? How much help for fucking bigger runway you want? Are you going to bring a DeLorean out? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. But that's amazing that you're in a field where you can say that. I honestly didn't think about it like that, but I guess you're right. That's just my brain, man. <laughs> I really didn't. Th- I just, you know, uh, what's funny is something and something I noticed, like a lot of times advancements in one field are literally like borrowed things from other fields. Like it's like somebody, they're like, oh, what if we applied that to this problem? Well, and like, then it like boosts them into the it's, future. It's like, yeah. m- it's like music. Any great musical artist had influences. influences. Exactly. Quincy, I don't even. You know what? You should just do this. You should just sit down and talk do about quantum physics. mechanics. That's right. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you should. It really no. Like I think I I think more people. I think the word scares okay. people away, and it's really not. I promise you, if I can do it, you and can do it. Have you ever dealt with anyone in your field that the flat earther side of it? Because I've seen a couple documentaries, and there's some bona fide physicists that are, are flat, flat earthers. earthers. Yeah. Would you mind forwarding me those? those yeah. Bonafide? Yeah. Just, like what? Yeah. They didn't go to. They didn't go to like came. They didn't go to an like a an accredited university. If they went to like Jackson State University or something, some like division to like UB Alabama Birmingham or something. And it's like, I mean, hopefully they're still teaching them legit physics yeah. there. I don't know, but I mean, okay. okay so here, uh, this 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 is a weird direction to go which is fine third no, we don't have to. third burp. no 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 we totally can i honestly and this i don't want to like piss people off but i also don't really care so i'm just gonna say it um i think if just the way you said like alabama something something like second, second tier school like you know no hate against the south at all but um the religious influence and i i think I think if you were to like really ask some of those people who are bona fide physicists, air quotes, I'm air quoting, yeah, air and quoting, yeah. um, quote. who also like you know also think that somehow the Earth is flat. Like, I mean, I, th- I really, I would, I would, I would be willing to to wager that they probably are religious, and not yeah. not that being religious makes you an idiot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what that. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying, not at all. And because, like, I, I definitely think of myself. I consider myself as a pretty spiritual person in the sense of, like, I'm not so hardcore atheistic that it's like 
there is nothing else. All we can see. I maybe used to be very much like yeah, that. But we're not. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. bullheaded with our mm-hmm. religion. We. I would never push anything on someone. And no, definitely not. And like, I also think that it's a bit arrogant to think that just because my senses can't give me more information, that there isn't more information out there, right? And like, in a way, I guess that's what they're choosing to say is like, you know, Jesus or whoever their Messiah is, their their mm. their God is is their higher power. Their yeah. higher power is that they don't have the ability to know, and they're putting their trust in this unknown thing. So like, I guess fair enough but I don't know I just having it be like force fed the way it is in those squ- like that very structured um, structured religion where it's very like you know regimented and like there's almost like it's almost rooted in like gu- guilt and fear and stuff like that eh, it seems like there's manipulation, other, yeah. manipulation it seems like there's other angles that are, are kind of like yeah. not on the up and up involved in that which makes me very apprehensive to feel like if that's if that's sort of if you can buy into that I really don't know that I full heartedly take seriously the logic train that you yeah. use there's a few grains of salt involved yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe like I what, what what is the evidence? What is what's okay? Show me why. Like, yeah, I would like to know why. I always need to know why. Why? Why do you think that? So, why is the earth yeah, flat? How are GPS is working? I'm not a, I'm man? not a flat earther, but I've I watched because I find it fascinating. The I, it, I'm fascinated with cults and conspiracies. They're fascinating and things. Fair enough. They they constantly they inter they intertwine to me a conspiracy mm-hmm. and a cult because it's mm-hmm. the same sort of rhetoric and stuff. Totally. And I love. Um, you get them into a, you get them into a corner, where the science like they were proven like the science, they Doesn't didn't have up. they didn't have anything else with the science and they said yeah, yeah and they blamed the machine they were using yeah the beacon thing but it's it's really interesting. Um, People, you know, it's it, the human mind is is quite interesting because I think if you've held especially if you've held the belief and we actually were talking about this. Um, just before you got here that uh just like some of the other podcast episodes and themes about like the the church burnings and stuff like that you know like my mom's been she's been like a wild she'll like call me every day and be like did you hear this and i'm like yeah because yes. she's out she's near there yeah yeah exactly so she's super into this and she's like obviously like appalled about like the 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 discoveries of these i hope your mom these, listens to the podcast she she absolutely will be sir don't you worry awesome. um she so she she was saying you know like i would really like to even go to a catholic church or a christian church at this point and like what are they saying to their followers like how are they trying to justify this or what what is it she calls it verbal diarrhea what verbal diarrhea are they giving these people to kind of keep them still on the hook that like oh we're still it's not it's probably the ten thousandth time they've had to do damage control like this and this is it's sad to say, but this is like a small scale thing. They've done it a hundred times over, even bigger, and exactly. it's they're just master manipulators like that. So this is the thing, and it's like you know what what is it that they're saying that keeps? And I I was thinking about that, and it was like you know it really must be like think about if you've believed in something if you were if you have if maybe you haven't had this kind of belief in your life, but like if you were super full heartedly committed to something. And then you were there was there was this situation that presented itself or knowledge that presented itself that challenged that or like dismantled it. Would you would you have the wherewithal to 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 be like okay, accept that now I'm going to change? But a lot of people are like 
they're almost like in a way losing their identities by having to accept that this church regime that they bought into their whole life is a bunch of scam artists. Like they're probably, that's probably just too much. Because they had faith in something. They had faith in something and then they were wrong. That's probably just like. Oh, it'd be a tough pill to swallow. I don't think that's. When your whole upbringing and your whole generations of families have been raised on it. Exactly. It's almost like does not compute, right? Like, so I think a lot of people will believe anything, will grasp anything. forbidden, yeah. to, to, To be able to, continue believing to keep believing what they believe like they don't want to have to change that so to each um, their own but like there comes a point if you're if you're doing it for six generations and it's still you're having to do all this make all these excuses mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly give all your money which you could spend otherwise because there's a lot of instances of people well below the poverty line giving everything to the church that's right and the church that, isn't paying taxes on that it and, makes me irate that's one yeah. of the things that makes me the most irate about the church is the whole money thing yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know how we got there but oh flat we always get there we always we get always back <laughs> you know, we always get back to shitting on the church it's a common thing <laughs> my mom will love this book <laughs> yeah honestly um flat earthers yeah you know put me in the ring with them yeah. i'll have a discussion we'll do that I, next time next time you're in province we'll, I'll, I'll find find one i've been trying i've been on the blogs i've been trying to find them oh my god i don't know i don't know i don't speak their language you know yeah i don't know how to i don't know how to entice me them me you you neither neither you or i have have that yeah have but that. that would be old that would be amazing okay. listening to try and have an actual debate yeah. i would well, have we should to- we should we should uh, infiltrate a flat earthers convention we'll wear disguises we'll wear Wear tuxedos. Pretend to be one of them and just like hit, drop the hammer with the truth. But hammer. wait, <laughs> haha, you fool! <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I you fool! We, we would just get kicked out. <laughs> but, we oh, get kicked off. Yeah, we would get kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <At> the edge. <laughs> that's right. Off the edge with you. Oh, that's funny. Lucky for I, you, I'm not afraid. They just like that Lady Gaga song too much, and they. The Edge of Glory. Oh my God! They're like, yes. I love Lady Gaga, but I really dislike that song. So you know what? The fact that you just like bridge the put those two things together. Yeah, I got you. I rate. You maybe <laughs> maybe not quite yet, but. <laughs> so have you seen? Uh, speaking of speaking of Lady Gaga, um, have you seen Have you seen A Star Is Born? No. No. You're. I, I, that's probably really like everyone's seen that this is going to be a good topic of conversation no i also have no Zach no kung fu panda and no seen it. okay you know what i actually feel in better company now thank you there's <laughs> just uh better. well so sash has seen it and sash will appreciate no, appreciate no I, ha- I, ha- I haven't seen it so zach's seen it no, no, no that's so what i'm the only one that's seen it said yeah. me there, so quince <laughs> i know i thought they were being ironical but uh <laughs> so so quince has seen it and quince would agree when quince says bradley cooper dropped his voice three Three octaves for that filming that movie. I don't know what an octave is. Sasha knows what that means, and so does he. But pretty fucking impressive, and it's a really good song, really good movie with a lot of good songs. The soundtrack is a one. Uh, you know what? I, everyone was singing the sh- the shallows. Am so I that's right? why you, you're like, yeah. oh, it was too big. I love how people hate on something for getting too popular it's like i don't want to listen to it it's too popular oh. it's like that that's the point of the song i, to I feel be you popular and I feel to be like, mainstream i'm not trying to be contrary it honestly was oh. more of a fact like i'll just get around to it and i don't i'm the person who well you're writing a fucking dissertation samantha obviously yeah. you don't get around to s- stuff like that yeah, in th- again in theory i'm writing a dissertation i'm trying to finish okay so i'm trying to finish this currently i'm trying to finish this um this this project this perceptron which is a machine learning algorithm um do you need need help with that quantum perceptron project i mean sure 
So what's absolutely? So are you making equations for this qu- quantron? What did you call it? I, I like the word quantron. I wish I could use that, but it's not called a quantron. It's called, <laughs> called, called the quantum perceptron. So the percep- quantum perceptron. perceptron. So remember, um, you've heard of neural networks before. We have them as humans, yeah. right? Yeah. Pathways in our brain. That, pathways in that, our brain that um, move information. Yeah. Move senses. Yeah. yeah exactly. So. Um, Number five, number six, seven. I don't know. I lost count. Um, so exactly, we have them, and basically, what we've done is try to like. That's basically the infrastructure, the foundation, um, or the architecture. I'm still good, thank you. Um, to to design to design a, an artificial intelligent entity, right? So artificial intelligence. It's how our intelligence works. We're basically trying to. You're putting a brain in a computer. You are you are rewiring a brain. Yeah, you're wiring a network. You're wiring y- units of information. Will that go the other way one day? Will they be able to put a quantum computer in my brain? So quantum computer is different. Quantum computer is different. So I know I said the word quantum perceptron, and that's uh, I will explain. But there is a classical perce- so before quantum perceptron, quantum quantum computing relatively new in like the last 20, 30 relatively. years. Relatively, oh, you physicists with your joke. <laughs> Um, so that honestly wasn't even supposed to be a pun. See, this is what I told you. I really, if, if ever it is, it's on accident. Like, it, I'm not that clever. Um, so there's the, cl- the classical perceptron, which has been around, um, and for a while, and it's kind of like the most fundamental machine learning algorithm in the sense that it's, it's like, if you're in machine learning, percept- you know what a perceptron is, and then these neural networks and deep neural net- networks, which is, which is like, um, if you see on... Uh, to just give like a real world example, social media, how they have these deep fakes and stuff like that. That's how they're making those happen. Deep fakes. Deep fakes. So like where they, um, have you seen the Face Me apps where you can like put your face on. The old age app? The, the old age where app. Where I took like 70 photos and then they're like, oh yeah, Russia's banking all this information. I was like, oh, Russia's got a lot of weird pictures, pictures of, of me. Pictures of me, yeah. So this is, this is the, it's. The, it was pretty cool. I, I, I gave myself hair. Yeah. It was very gray. It was yeah. like coiffed. Yeah. There's a, there's an app that basically lets you like put your face on famous like from clips of famous movies and like you get to be the character so they'll like morph your face on the actor's that's, face. That's got to be what Sue Kasa used for his yeah. promo video for his new song like that. Yeah. Okay I haven't seen it but you know no, that probably he put He put his is. face on Tom Hardy in, in Oh uh, then 100% that's yeah. what it is. But that. yeah guys go listen to Sue Kasa's new song like that D-A-T. Yeah do that do find, that. Find and, it on Spotify and wherever else you find your music. I uh Sorry, but back no, to No, that's 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 exactly that's exactly what that would be it would be a deep fake. Um Is that just photo Photoshop? People really get a Photoshop and digitizing? See, this is where you would think, right? It's not. It's a machine that's learning the data you input into it. Insane. Right. It is it's kind of like you honestly a lot of time the word that gets thrown around a lot um is the word oracle when we're talking like in, in artificial intelligence, even in like it's a, com- a company, but it is sure. I'm sure it is a company, but it's, it's like a black box type of execution type of thing that, that happens that we don't really understand how it's happening, but we know it's happening. So it's like how, how the machine is learning this. We know we send the data in. There's something called supervised learning. There's something called unsupervised learning. They're just different techniques, different types. And of, then it spits it out the data. It sp- it spits something out. It makes a prediction essentially. Right. So, um, 
you know, uh, the Perceptron works in, uh, I'll, I'll give a little, it's, it's very, if anybody like knows biology, knows how a human neuron works, it's very similar. So um, data goes in, it, there's, there's basically different channels that go in to the node and there's an activation threshold. And if okay. enough of these input sort of like channels get activated, if there's enough in our brains, what it is is a chemical threshold. So if there's enough of, of so like if you do a drug like cocaine, like that's like firing your your synapses are just friggin' firing. There's a lot of there's a lot a lot of electrical neuroelectrical signals going on. But um, in 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 like the artificial sense, we send data in, and it it's basically what we call linear classifier. So if it has if, linear classifier, okay. yeah, it, it takes this group of data and it sorts it for you. And so linear is just a line, right? It either puts something on one side or the other side, yeah. and it, you can kind of think of that line, that boundary condition, as like the threshold that it, it's it's using to to quantify. That makes or breaks it, yeah. right? So you send the data in, it classifies your data. It can take. There's different ways to go about this, and I'm not gonna like do a lesson on it's. There's it's it's quite involved um but you know it's um it's kind of how like our brains process things as well and it sorts things it's like a it's a way to deal with information it's a way to process information um so basically that's a classical classical neuron or a, a neural net classical neural um uh, perceptron perceptron would work so neural nets are made out of like b layers of perceptrons gotcha. so the perceptrons like the single unit how you make a neural net is connecting a bunch of those perceptrons right. together gotcha. um so quantum computing going back to quantum computing quickly uh so the whole idea i know we were going to talk about particle wave duality and stuff like that okay we'll get to that after sure let's um, talk about uh so let's talk about quantum computing quantum computing so the whole thing that quantum computing where quantum computing because you were kind of saying like it's going to make what our computers do better no it's going to solve problems that our current computers simply don't have the capacity to do because of the nature of the problem. The nature of the problem that it's trying to solve is something that's quantum mechan that's dictated by quantum yeah. mechanics. The current computers that we have deal on the level of classical mechanics. They operate through qu classical mechanics. So for They're them to try to emulate or try and try and simulate, for that matter something that is on on a on a, on a quantum mechanical yeah. level is very hard for it to do it's like it's like my cousin timmy riding his tricycle and then it's like travis pastrana doing nitro circus on a fucking 600 cc dirt bike if you want to think about it they're leaps very and bounds powerful ahead. they are very powerful it's leaps and bounds ahead in terms of like the sophistication of the problem that you're you have on your hands gotcha. um but here's here's the the shtick here's um, the kicker here's the kicker we don't actually really have that we don't have the um we don't have what's the best the way infrastructure to say this the, the to infra support the technology the, the, we don't we don't actually yeah we don't have the technology to make this thing come to life it's, that's the problem it's evolving faster than we can make things for it to evolve in so the the, the problem is the, so we need the, the way that classical computers work there's we have bits right bits of information so in the quantum computing world we call those qubits they're fundamental units that that's how it processes information gotcha. so we have bits that that store information and the larger the computer the more memory the more ram it has um more bits it has it can it can basically calculate bigger problems because it has a way to store a larger amount of information. So the more complex a problem, typically the reason it is complex is it needs to store more information in order to do the calculation, right? If I just ask you what one plus one is, all you need to know what 
is one and what is one and then you put them together so yes. that's all you need but if we're trying to solve three variables that right that's all you need a way to represent one you need to represent another one and then you and need a way to represent a combination of the two so they, and, and that sounds very simplistic is that why they call it binary code well, it's not exactly why they call it binary, but basically two, the language bi, it works in two. is zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. So um, here's the thing. So if you were to let, actually, this is great, zero and one. So a regular bit of information is processed as a zero or a one. I wish I had a, like a diagram here for you. I can pull up a block sphere. Basically, so what a qubit does, so binary is just one or the other. You can think of it black or white, one or the other, up or down. And those are your two options. So you basically are making combinations of ups, downs, downs, yeah. ups, 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 downs, downs. And downs, that's how downs, it's like, ups, ups. yeah, and it's it's a representation. Upsy downsies, yeah. downsies. We're representing information that way. Whereas a qubit. Whereas a qubit, the reason it's more quote unquote powerful is because of the fact that it can represent information in a different, different way. It can hold, store information in a different way. So it's not just a zero or a one. It can be any linear combination of zeros and ones. So, so can I can I use the <clears throat> can I use the analogy of a Rubik's cube? It's got eight sides. I think you just like six, leveled this up. <laughs> and it's got six. It's got six things on each side, making combinations. You're spinning them to make combinations of zeros. Honestly, and Honestly, not a bad not a bad shot. So I'll I you know what that's I say it's a level up. It's actually not quite because if you so a block sphere is sphere. Think of a sphere, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a, like a a circle but yeah 3d um that that so say we were working binary so say the top of the circle i'm like the north pole is one and the south pole is a zero it can be in one of those two states we'll call it okay a qubit can be not just north pole or south pole it can be anywhere on the fucking globe so it can represent something a lot more nuanced than just yes or no it you're it, only looking at the two ends with the bit w with a and bit, then a yeah. cubic came along and you're looking at 49 different ends in you're that looking you've never seen before effectively you're looking at an infinite an infinite ends yeah none of which you've never seen before right and so you're trying to break down each one of those you don't have to break them down so the reason the reason this is why people kind of like to use the word oracle sometimes because it's such a dense like Thing. It's such a dense calculation that ends up happening, and especially in these these algorithms where we're using, where we're leveraging this this sort of like quantum um, effect to our advantage to be able to process more complicated information. Um, it, it's it's you know what what's the best way to kind of try and try and say this? So like we that's just a single. So think of your computer, and I just we just talked about a bit and a qubit. Yep. That your computer is filled with single bits right like and it's it's like the combination of how those work together your software leverages that it's 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 an algorithm that has a code that basically dictates to the computer how, how it's to how to store and process information yeah. it has it basically gives it a set of it's like the architecture and then it gives it gives that architecture a set of rules of how to process information gotcha okay, okay. um so the quantum computer it's going to have software the same way we're going to write algorithms to tell it how to process that information but the way it's storing that information is so fundamentally different because it doesn't just have to be zero or one. It can be anything on that can block sphere. Gotcha. It can be anything on that block sphere. So the the types of problems that it 
lends itself well to are problems that are inherently quantum mechanical in nature. So things that are at subatomic level that for a classical computer to try and store and and basically like represent that type of information. You get the blue screen of death instantly. It it can't it can't calculate something on such a magnitude because yeah. it has to store all that information. So it's using all of its memory it storing this. It it's wasn't gonna, built it wasn't built to perform like that. It can't perform like that. At past a certain point. Very small scale very very small scale quantum systems it can it can it can calculate it can simulate so to speak yeah but when you get to things like what we actually want to use it for like something that we can't easily just do in a lab that we want to be able to do artificially for us like let's say if we want to talk about astrophysics like there's very 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 heavy elements out in deep space that hold answers for us about about the origin of the universe mm -hmm. there's no way in holy hell for us to actually try and either get that get those nuclei uh, uh, like in on earth to, yeah. to use them in a lab there's no way we, we could, can experimentally have that they're you, far you too could, heavy you could send me there on a one-man shuttle i would just get there in three billion eons right <laughs> right there's no way and there's so the, it's it does not compute like you it said. does not compute so we we basically like take stabs in the dark about how our our current models say things should behave, but who's to say our current models don't just break down? Yeah, I mean they did classically, right? At a certain point, things transitioned over to quantum mechanics. So who are we to be like, oh yeah? I mean, yeah. Don't put all your gonna... skin. Don't put all your skin in the game, or don't put all your money on that. Right. Back that horse. Right. It's almost like it's almost certain that that's not going to be the be all end all answer. Yeah. So um, we're to, like have to try and be clever here because we don't have we don't have simply have those means to like test things on such astronomical scales on our little like earthly level here. So we have to so. do it in a con controlled environment with what we are good at with that. Basically, like we have, we have to, we have to use the tools at our disposal, is what you're saying, and that's, and our, the tools at our disposal to are, get the definitive scientific proof. Still or, not definitive, but, but sorry, what what did you call it? The level of um, acceptance. The, acceptance it? with the pair with the linear lines. The linear uh, uh, threshold. Threshold. Yeah, we have to yeah, meet yeah, yeah. to meet in order to meet that threshold. Yeah. We so, have to use the tools at our disposal yeah. instead of being purely speculative with everything else, yeah. which is fucking fascinating, I might add, because there's so much out there and it's amazing. S speculative is exactly the right word. So everything's very speculative when we're just trying to like assume that our theory expend extends to basically the next higher scale. Yeah. So I'll bring it back to the scales thing again. No. That's really what it is. So like we were going subatomic, that's the other direction, that's small scale. Going astronomical will be projecting to a larger scale. So we can pretty much, we can have with, with pretty good confidence, we, we, we know that we don't know what the hell goes on at yeah. that level um and our theories will more than likely break down in in exactly. at least some way what the bleep do we really what know? the bleep do we really know not a whole hell of a lot but the whole the whole um beauty or the whole fascination or the whole um hope is that quantum computer com quantum computers once they become functional maybe not mainstream but once they become become functional universal is the word that they they the quantum computing community throws around and that's sort of like the race that the big heavy hitters like IBM and Google and stuff and uh, so people are like what about D-Wave? D-Wave's a quantum annealer so it's not what, a D-Wave? D-Wave have you heard of D-Wave? No have you guys heard of D-Wave? No can't say I have. Okay, What's well, D-Wave? Okay so D-Wave D-Wave's like a very specific type 
of quantum computer that deals with very specific types of problems called quantum annealing problems. Quantum what? Annealing. Annealing. Yes. So I won't even honestly, not even probably worth it to go into it. But they you can't know you can't. They were they were like the first. They were like the first. Like we built a physical quantum computer, and they will forever like have that that claim claim to fame. They had I the guess the blueprint of the quantum computer. But the quantum annealer. So Annealers, the, the the argument about it not being universal is like it only solves quantum annealing type problems. And there's obviously problems in the world that don't fit in the category of quantum annealing. So ergo, it can't be can't be the quantum computer, universal quantum computer, because it can't solve any unless, problem you give it. Unless they trademark that. <laughs> I guess. Then if you want to like bring into be. the technicalities, but yeah, yeah no. No, but they, no, I get you. Exactly. You know, like, so that's really the race that's on right now. Um, in the quantum computing world is who's gonna who's going to make the first universal quantum computer and they'll probably make a few bucks off that whoever gets there first I would imagine it, uh, probably after investing a couple bucks as, as well I would a assume a couple trillion bucks <laughs> right. so they're they're um, basically you know so quantum computing the right now it can solve the quantum computers that do exist as because they do exist um they solve they solve problems on par with classical computers. None of them. I mean, Google, like about maybe six months. It was I think it was in the last year came out with a. We have one circumstance where our quantum computer outperforms a classical computer. One instance. One instance. So it's like that. Well, I mean, and it's still some. It's still a big deal because it's the first yeah. whatever. Well, but again, there's no universality to it in the sense that like we have this machine that will yeah. outperform any classical computer in yeah. any task that has yet to exist. So we have quantum um we we have kind the, of we have the potential. We have the potential. We're getting there. We're, we're we're laying the foundation of the computer and we still got to put up everything else that goes along with the house. Right. We're we're getting there and and the thing is Rome wasn't built in the day, neither was a quantum computer, guys. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the people always ask like how long? And you're like, I honestly, it could be next year. It could be 10 years from now. There's people who also predict a quantum winter where people people are going to stop investing money. Well, companies that have money that are trying to use this for commercial applications, use quantum computers for commercial applications, are going to get sick of waiting effectively, um, and they're going to stop investing in it. And then if the money goes away, basically the research goes away, right? So there's kind of a prediction that that will happen. There's a lot of people who also say that's silly. It depends on the market, I guess. It depends Depends on on everything else in the economy. So here's, there's there's another argument. Adam Scott here for this one. There's another argument to be made for undermining science, for the the beauty of science for itself and just doing things for the bottom line. No, that's not like people to undermine things for the bottom Bottom line. line, Right. Is that a new concept? (laughs) Fuck no, it's not. It's been around since Nam. But there's. And longer. It's been around since the Meso. Absolutely. Period. I think it it it's it's definitely a problem. So I I can see why people think that might be a thing. Do I think it's going to happen? Not necessarily. I also because there's um because of the sunken cost fallacy. Like as much as that the sunken cost fallacy. Right. Where people like they they say this a lot. Like uh, it's I think a gambler's term where if you're sitting at like if you're gambling and you're you're down but you've already invested like let's say a million dollars i don't know what table you're playing at you have a million dollars on the line but apparently we're professional poker players where we have a million dollars on the high stakes we have a million dollars already sunken into this game we really should fold because before losing another million and like cut our losses but the human mind goes no 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 i can make that back like i'm not allowed we're in this deep we're in this deep a refusal 
refusal to cut loss, basically. It's like a, it's a, it's like a Stockholm syndrome where they, for gamblers. In a weird way, maybe Stockholm syndrome to money, like that committed to yeah. the money. But it is. It's where they basically feel like they, they'd be, they can't accept walking away with nothing because they've invested so much that they're willing to lose twice the amount just for the shot. At, at recovering that initial investment, it's, even it's if the, rush, the yeah. even if the the prospect of that actually transpiring is 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 not ten billion to one, right? Like even if they're gonna lose, they're like willing to put yeah. that other million on the table for the yeah. chance of not having to yeah. walk away without that initial million they put down. So that sunken cost fallacy. So I think a lot of companies that do are are investing millions and billions of dollars. To, for that quantum winter, they're going to be like, mm, no, we're we're going to we're in the long haul. Yeah. We're in this for the long haul. So and they, and there they, may be some people that pull out, but I think, <laughs> I think that <laughs> I some think people. some people. But I think there's others who will just who will ride it out. So I don't think it's going to go away completely. No. Yeah. It, no. It's definitely very interesting because, like you said, it'd be uh, it's such a lucrative thing financially if you are the one <clears throat> if you are the one that sticks with it. Whether it be five months or five years or fifty-five years, lucrative financially, but more for, for no for the one company for the fucking corporation that's sure, taking sure. it all. But I think I think but, like the advancement of what humanity, like so, <laughs> the world would look very different if that actually came to pass. And, and would you say good or bad? I know it depends who you ask. I'd say depends a little bit of metric. good, a little bit of bad. Yeah, and I think I mean, life. That's never I think untrue. in life you take the good with the bad, right? That's never untrue. But You're never gonna. It's never a one. A yeah. one. Uh, How much bad are you compro- compromising for the good? You're right. getting right. It depends. It depends what and your bottom line it's is. Such right? a slippery slope, right? Yeah, yeah. It totally is. Like, I think because the 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 arguments. There's a lot of arguments for like the problems we'll be able to solve that will make us so much more sophisticated. Yeah. We'll be able to like you were talking about medical medical physics and like yeah, yeah that make huge and, strides in medicine and stuff like that. So like sure, but also what will the world look like in terms? And I was of, talking about that. The 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 that was a first world problem. I'm talking about people in the first world. Yeah. How it advanced. What about the people still in the fucking third world? Yeah. Who will be in the eighth world if this computer morphs into that? It's like, why don't we help them into you the first think. world before we do it and then come together as a whole? But so that would be a very interesting question on like what that would actually end up looking like. Like, will, will we, will we choose to, yeah, that was me. Will we choose, will we choose to <laughs> uh, eradicate those problems? Honestly, I really just don't see it happening because we kind of already have the means to eradicate a lot of those issues. And yeah, and thank you, capitalism. We choose not to. Yeah. I mean, saying we is like a, the humanity, not like no, you personally, whole. Quincy, want people to starve. No, like yeah. we, we, we definitely have resources in this world and we definitely are frivolous with them. And we, we definitely don't help situations that could very well people, be helped. Because I, I say it, repeatedly people when left not me but people in general when left to their own devices are inherently bad they act within their own self-interest i think do you think that yeah there's a lot of examples of it hmm. because there's a third world mm-hmm. if there if there was no third world it left would mean everyone's to their acting own devices that's a- an interesting way to say that oh yeah okay, okay zach i wasn't trying to get deep and philosophical <laughs> no, but like how when are you left to your own devices is that are you ever really in an isolated situation where you can say left to my own devices like in a room i choose to let people starve no no i yeah it was a figure of speech Sorry. i like how deep you're getting into it <laughs> it's not a it's not a he who shall not be named in sam overthinkathon <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> no i just think 
it's just yeah there's a long way to go like the future is amazing and it's so cool what we're doing moving forward and how technology is advancing and everything that comes with that but there's still a lot of past to mm-hmm. at least get people who are living in the past up a little bit closer. you would hope that like reparations but, would be made i i honestly i want i want that is the that is the future i would want i mean that's the now i want that's i think yeah. that's a now a lot of people want but is that the now the billionaires want yeah evidently exactly. not <laughs> evidently not i uh yeah this, this got really political tonight <laughs> <laughs> always does always fucking does I, don't, I didn't even mean for it to <laughs> um yeah quantum computers i gave you kind of like a a jippy like so like a what a jippy a, a jippy explanation there of like i really didn't do it justice qubits and bits are like the like one facet of what a quantum computer like the difference i'm yeah. just trying so to what's highlight. another what's another facet of a quantum computer besides hmm. qubits and bits so the, basically the way they process the information is different. And the reason it is, so I said block sphere. Block sphere. Really, really what the block sphere representation, like what, if you're, if you're visualizing a sphere and, and how it could be like that, if you're, if you know what a vector is, like that. I've ve- seen airplane. What's your vector, Victor? Oh my god, oh my god. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, I actually get it now. Okay. Um so yeah, if you yeah, picture yeah. a vector. You do. If you picture a vector, um, that vector can lie anywhere on the block sphere and the vector being your like in your like your gauge or whatever, right? Okay. So if we wanna talk if we wanna just quickly like jump to the particle wave duality thing and that yeah. being a question at the beginning of the emergence of quantum mechanics as a whole subfield in itself. Um so the the reason it acts like both and the reason that quantum mechanics is so sort of bizarre and um, we really don't understand everything about it is due to something called entanglement. The theory of entanglement? The theory of entanglement, yeah. So entanglement basically is if... if it, so it's, it's either, that's either a, that's either a, uh, a, um, a physics debate or it's a fairy tale with Rapunzel. I can't... I'm getting confused. Uh, entangled. Their hair. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good job. You got there. <laughs> I did. I told you. I'm not. You're that like clever. a classical computer. With I'm that like trying like process. <laughs> <laughs> Does not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> really though. Um, no, shit. sorry. The theory of entanglement. <laughs> right. The theory of entanglement. Um, it it it's so. If you think about think about the word entanglement, think about like what that even just means to you when something's entangled it means it's intertwined yeah. right so interaction and see it's funny that we just talked about could if you're if you're just serving yourself and i was like well is everyone how if you're left to your own devices is that even a real situation that ever occurs when are you isolated when are you actually isolated the reality is that nothing is isolated we are all in a working system of things like whether you are aware of it or not yeah. you're you are there's an interaction there's some sort of interaction environment there's some sort of interaction picture you're interfacing with reality in one way or another yeah. and what zach what do you uh, say to that because that's interfacing with reality i feel like i've heard similar i mean i feel like it makes learning a continual process it does it, it, it does the universe is always changing and always it's always changing and there's but the the what I'm getting at is that you're you're never actually isolated from it. You're never isolated right. from anything. In order to even perceive that you you're learning something in the first place, you're in, you're interacting with something, so right? You, is you're there, never is there alone. a constant like gap between your ability to understand what you're a part of because you're a part of it? Or? So that's that's a great question. I think that 
that that gap that we we that's actually okay so this is this is kind of a debate that a lot of mathematicians like really hardcore theoretical mathematicians get into is how to actually define something is it does something have inherent properties itself or are we only actually able to define something through the medium that we perceive it like the environment yeah yeah exactly so so it's like a pro it's a product of your environment or a product of your right. It's that and old. Exactly. So if we're viewing something, we're viewing something that it has these features. But is does it actually inherently have those features, or is that simply through that channel, that that space, like you said, Zach, that space between what we're viewing and the thing itself? Is it is it is it that what they call like the mechanism? Is that what gives something that its medium, feature, yeah. or does it have something in itself? And would we even how would we be able to distinguish that? How would we we can't. Right there's a with with the current way we think and the way we perceive space and time and we perceive consciousness. I don't know. Maybe some highly enlightened individual on this there's planet has an answer yeah. to this question, but I don't. How how you would even be able to um, how you'd be able to verify that one way or another? I think you'd need to level up consciousness. That's that's really. <laughs> I don't think our current state of like our senses level are just, up consciousness. Level up consciousness. I think our so senses are a little too dull for that currently. What is consciousness? To a physicist, um, it depends what type of physicist you ask. The if physicist in the studio. The physicist in the studio. <laughs> um, yeah, you want to go down the "I think, therefore I am" argument um, or pa pa pathway. I don't. I don't think it's "I think, therefore I am." I mean, like I can see why that is. That's Descartes, right? That's part of it. Uh, is it? Yes. You'd have to ask him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think there, therefore I am is. There's there's definitely substance to it, um, but I'm almost more saying j just because you okay, but how could you prove that if you don't think you necessarily aren't? It's almost like the reverse argument. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like he's heard that a couple times. Maybe probably. I'm probably he's probably like this is basic bitch level. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no no no. He's like yeah, welcome to philosophy 101. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it did. oh shit, what was I reading yesterday? Um, this was about consciousness and was about quantum computing and something about, oh, it was on friggin' LinkedIn. Somebody posted something and I forgot to respond to them because I wanted to shoot it down. It was basically that, that, that they, they, it was about AI and, and something about the fact that, um, but it was more like he 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 failed to separate the ego from pure consciousness, right? And it's like it's like well, they something has feelings and therefore it gives rise to consciousness. And it's like no 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 no. I think those are very separate things. And I think something conscious has the ability to have an ego, but it doesn't necessitate. Like you don't need to have an ego in order to be conscious. How no. could you prove that? Huh. What what? Like so that's 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 where it gets kind of like really nuanced and nitpicky, like if you will. Um, so what is what is consciousness? what is consciousness you know something that i've always really wanted i don't know how to answer that question in a concise way but what i can tell you is i think what i think well i mean what i know but what i really have an intuition about nice. what would be in enlightening and would maybe sh would maybe like uncover some something to that question something i've always really wanted to figure out a way to do is to experience somebody else's consciousness yeah so that's kind of the question i was getting at mm -hmm. like consciousness is kind of defined as like the, the the feeling like something yes and so i didn't know you were working on like robotics and computers mm -hmm. and to, how do we generate 
experience, not just through computation, but through actual experience, understanding and feeling that computation right so this is why robots aren't currently taking over the world is because like it's simply a computational process of we feed you something and it makes a conclusion yeah. how, do you, how do you feed a computer endorphins after running a marathon it's it's you eat like that's like, that's do you use a spoon or a fork how do you feed it <laughs> you feed it data Data. You feed it data. It's Big data is very important. Big data, yeah. Yeah, and that's... So this is where people think, like, you know, this is where the more data something gets, the more powerful it is because it has more input, basically. It's not just, like, learning the same example and over and over again. It has more, basically, more experience. Yeah. But, th but thank you. Thank you, Z. I'm... It's really, it's really a blessing to have two opposite... Uh, Academics in the same room. Opposite. I don't academics. think we're opposite. I don't. Yeah, at all. I don't think we're opposite at all. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. I thought uh, philosophy and. Uh, oh, sorry. Intertwined. I'm sorry. You are entangled. 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 Sorry, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> the theme. So wait, it's wait. It's great to have two entangled minds in the same room. Well, no. See, this is the thing, and it's you're probably going to be like, God, you're too much. That never. In a way, in a way, like God, I would never say God. When, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that in a way, when we're like trying to articulate something to each other, we're like trying, we're like trying to entangle. We are entangling it in a way, right? Like, so that's the nature of a debate: trying to get entangled and then untangle yourselves. So here's quantum mechanics, right? Is that once you become, once particles become entangled, they that's it. It doesn't matter how far apart they are. It doesn't matter until they're measured. So oh, okay. <laughs> the, the question, the question <laughs> that the physicist is like, what actually is measurement? It's very philosophical, very friggin' philosophical. The measurement issue. There's so much to it. I I strongly encourage you to like just like Google that. There's friggin' Reddits upon subreddits upon academic articles upon like Wikipedia pages of stuff for like any level of reader that there's will even, blow there's, your mind. Like it yeah. is it is a friggin' astounding question. It's like super subtle, but it really makes you think. Like what. It, it, it's all along the lines of, of our perception, right? And like the f the nature of the quantum mechanics that's so weird, this particle wave thing, is that once the, the, the I don't know if you've heard of the double slit experiment before. Yes. Right. So that was the whole thing is that when they let this experiment sort of, and I'm very hand-waving here like this is not, we're not going through the, the nitty-gritty or the fine-grained details of this experiment yeah. in any means. We're going through the Hicks notes of it. We're going through the Hicks notes, um, is that they would send this send these send these par quote unquote particles they'd send them through this double basically an aperture with two slits and a screen on the other side and they'd send them through and they basically would they would analyze what they call the diffraction pattern on the other side that's the pattern that um, the the light or these particles would end up producing on the screen behind the okay. aperture once it's traveled yeah. through the slits you did it in science class with light with a convex and a not quite, but yes, there's still... The way the light's bouncing off the apparatus and which way it's going determines... That's a, that, it creates a diffraction, yeah. for sure, absolutely. So diffraction pattern, you get some sort of pattern that's like evidence, and we reverse engineer and try and deduce, okay, based on this outcome, what must have happened for this to be the outcome, right? So, but the problem is that we, we would... The, <coughs> the This particles and or slash wave would behave differently if we were if we were observing it while the experiment was underway so if we were if be, we were, because it wouldn't be 
an independent variable it would be a controlled variable well that's the thing is that once you're once you're you're adding your basically yourself into the experiment by being a set of obs- quote-unquote observing eyes you're not so going, you're not the going whole... into the you're not going into the thing yourself but aren't you i feel like there'd be a, a lot of uh, argument space there but on some are level are you there or are you not there right that on there some is, level there is yeah. an argument there yeah. that's exactly it quincy there is an argument there it's like when we go to measure something do we just taint the whole thing there's no way for us to measure it with measure it without tainting it yeah so how can we ever really be objective what the hell like what, yeah. we, are we just screwed like what do we what do we, how, how do we circumvent that issue Still don't know the answer to that. No, we'll, we'll get there. That's though. that. We'll get there. That is the measurement problem. And basically, how do you remove yourself from the experiment so that you're not, so that you know you're not contaminating it in any one way yeah. or another, right? Um, it like swaying the outcome. So um, basically, uh, just for those who want to know what that's why why it behave differently. Um, on that on that uh, the screen behind that aperture with the two slits. Once they sent the light through it. When they were watching it, basically, it, it would produce just two, two, a pattern of two dark lines where the these w- they would be particles. That would be evidence that there's just particles, some sl- going through one slit and some going through the other slit, and then making a making a mark on that screen behind it, just right directly behind the two were slits. They, were they always running parallel, or were they ever, parallel? No, no, no. They yeah. would never. They're, uh, they're, they're, yeah, that's that different different thing. They're, they're not they're not intersecting perpendicular gotcha. at all. Per- they're, they're, you, they're perpendicular. They're, right. they're they're parallel, absolutely. So parallel beside each other, same height same with that's all that's all controlled don't worry don't worry homie yeah, um worry. but then well, when they, was, but. well, they, well then but the thing is when they wouldn't observe it and they would kind of like they would just not watch this experiment happen the what would happen is they would they would after the fact come into the experiment experimental setup room wherever they're doing this and they would take the screen away that was uh, again behind the aperture where they sent their their lights and or yeah. slash particle through and instead of just these two two patterns directly behind the slits where these these so these um presumed particles were just making their way through one they had more than two slits. they had there was there was it was called a diffraction pattern and it was a bunch of different slits like a bunch of like different marks and what that in what that indicates is that so like think about when you drop a pebble in like water, a body of water, how it, it ripples. ripples out. If you were to drop two pebbles beside each other, right, the the circle waves that tra- tra- travel outwards outside of that initial drop, they would intersect each other, right? Yeah. And that's that's basically what would be happening to create all the the, the, the multitude of dark lines yeah. on that screen behind the aperture. Because otherwise, why would there be like several different dark lines if it wasn't behaving like a wave intersecting with another wave, which created the diffraction, the diffraction. Inter- interference pattern is yes. what it's called, right? So that's very... The DIP, the dip. A, a very, 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 very um, well-reproduced, um, well-known well-known uh, experiment in physics. And if so you who, don't know it, hi- again, highly recommend yeah. that you look it up. There's lots of excellent videos who on YouTube the, that explain Who were the first people to do the double slit experiment? Oh, God. Please don't ask me these questions. Were, were they in... Someone look it up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's um, interesting. It's, there's, I mean, it's been reproduced so many times. Yeah, um, but there's got to be a, a benchmark or... A, absolutely, like the first time it was done. Um, or a threshold. There's got to be a threshold for the double slit experiment that met did, the standards. Who did the original friggin'? I'm going to sound like such a friggin' fraud that I don't know all Thomas Young. Yeah. 1801. Thank you. Young's double slit experiment. It's literally called Young's double slit experiment. <laughs> what am I? It's like, weird. Who, it's, pretty old, I? it's an old experiment now, 1801, <laughs> but they still call it Young's experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should hit that drum again. That, the yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like, you know, so this is, and that very much has sparked it, like, what, what, what are we dealing with a particle are we dealing dealing with a wave what is energy how do we so that's still it? a contentious debate in the it's community. not it's not because it's the accepted that it's both right both, it gotcha. depends it depends on the situation like how said, it behaves it's like what a, scale we're working at yes. what frequency we're working at what energy level so when you think about scales a lot of times we think about measurement scale right that's yeah. probably what, the, what most people think the tiny scale like little millimeter and then huge scale would yeah, maybe feet. be like kilometers maybe kilometers <laughs> Um, something you know like something like that but we can do scales hectares. for anything right we can do hectares we can do we can do scales um we can do scales by weight we can do uh, physicists nuclear physicists the scales we deal in are energy scales energy okay so that's how we would quantify something on like there's something um called uh, planks like a, a planks constant there's, there's a planks wavelength. constant yeah so there's Is that a short wavelength or a long wavelength it's I mean, it's relative to what you're trying to define. It's a defining wavelength. It's a threshold wavelength. It's a threshold. If you want to think about it that way. Mm -hmm. um, um, the, the Planck scale is kind of where things get funky, where we change over and things start to act more quantum mechanically below that. Um, What's more quantum mechanically below a Planck scale? Okay, so... If we're getting funky. I mean, quantum mechanically, like where the laws of quantum mechanics, like the theory that we formulated for quantum mechanics starts to, it applies and we we would no longer be trying to apply classical mechanics to describe our systems gotcha. it, sorry, it just, it sorry isaac yeah, sorry, Isaac. Exactly. That's exactly it. He, he, I mean, we had a good run, buddy. My, my, I just don't like apples anymore. My friend, my friend Will and I always laughed in, in undergrad. He, he was, he was my lab mate for one of our first like lab courses in first year physics. And we just sort of like became friends and stayed friends after that. Will's fantastic. He's really more hey, of a, a, a mathematician than a physicist. I know he wouldn't like if I, I mean, maybe he would. He loves math so much. Friggin' brilliant guy. Like just, absolutely brilliant and this is something about going back to einstein that he he was such a like creative and like just like out there intuitive mind that he really was kind of quite sloppy with his math and stuff like that and he would always tell his students and stuff he's like don't worry about how terrible you are at math i, I guarantee you i'm worse and that's like always really? how i felt i would be like will always have to like check my homework for math <laughs> like and i i've always said that to him like if i ever do anything like he's i'm like i need you to be my you can't do it alone you cannot do these things alone it wasn't einstein that just was like scribbling away at his desk no. doing all the math himself like no no he went to his mathematician people and were like and and thought like i need that i need a way to describe this and here's the thing mathematicians are so hard especially the really hardcore theoretics that are just like they love pure the chaos math theory for pure math yeah and they like they're not thinking about where they would apply it to einstein sitting there how how would i describe this and his math buddy is like oh this is the math you would use yeah. for this. It's called vector calculus. He's like he's like the Bobby Fisher of the mathematics industry. He's thinking a billion steps ahead. Again, and borrowing things from other fields, like you know, borrowing things from other fields, borrowing, but like basically employing things from other fields that like maybe somebody else would never have thought that this could be an application for that. But when you're saying you're searching for it and you're like, I need a way to describe this. He didn't have hmm. the language. But it, he didn't come up, people go, oh, Einstein invented the math. Einstein didn't invent the damn math. He found the math that's yeah. a, that some, that with this he, help that he, yeah, it, he, it, it, he, no, he, it doesn't, not to diminish his yeah. contribution no, at for all. No, uh, for another analogy, he, he 
clear-cutted the land before they could pave the road to get to the destination. He well, he was the visionary. He was like, "This is what we're building." Yeah, right. He didn't. I mean, the heavy lifting. How much of it he actually derived? He did quite a bit. But his math friends were like, "These are the tools you need." Maybe that's a better way to say it. Like, yeah. How would I build this? Like, this is I'm the architect. Here's what I want to build. How build? <laughs> what need? What do? <laughs> so, what do? So he, he would have. Um, Great great grandchildren that are alive now, or Einstein? I don't know. Uh, Einstein died. 18. What did Einstein? No, 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 no. He was alive in the nineteen. It was he. He helped create the atom bomb, buddy. Yeah, right. He was definitely good. alive. I thought that was Oppenheimer. I thought Oppenheimer checking. created the atom bomb. He died in fifty-five. Fifty-five. Yeah. Okay. So he can't drive fifty-five. <laughs> it's a music reference. Okay. Uh, I'm kid. glad. Sammy Haggard. Sammy Haggard. Um, wait, hold on. I signed what? Sorry. So what 55. So he would have. He would have. Uh, yes, he'd be. He died 10 years before. Um, my dad was born, and my dad's uh, 50, 56. So. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, he would have. He would have grandchildren that are alive. Mm -hmm. In their in their 40s. Yeah, and I have. I I don't. I don't know that any of them went into physics because yeah. I'm sure that big, would have been some shoes, sort of big shoes. Right, <laughs> maybe not. That's why they didn't. But like, just you know, I think because the name would be around. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. not if they married or something. If he had knows. a son, then unless he changed his name, man. Yeah. God, how sexist our world is. Pardon? Well, I said, God, how sexist our world is. Only if he had a son, would that name get carried. Fuck! On. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> No, you didn't. I'm just being difficult. I just sorry. Yeah, any any gender can take the name. I didn't mean of it. Only men can take that. I'm, it's not I your fault. I hope I didn't come off that way. It's not your fault. I, it's, it's literally the world we live in. Yeah. You didn't make. Well, there's the a lot of idiots out in this world, and none of them are in this room right now. Let me say that. <laughs> I really am not that good at puns, so maybe I'm. I'm I know that's that why way. I keep. That's why I keep. That's why I keep spoon feeding you. Them. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. I had something, yeah, we talked about, okay, so this double slit thing, this particle wave thing, okay, entanglement, entanglement, the whole thing is that, so on, on a local scale, so non-local entanglement is what Einstein referred to as spooky action at a distance. Spooky action at a distance. And then he did not like that. He was not a fan of something that just well, seemed like magical bullshit so, to him. Well, it's, the, it's sad as an acronym. <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't like it. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard to say that he never thought of it that way, but maybe he should have. <laughs> I just got I just have I just have acronym brain. I always you do. Whenever someone tells me a it's buzz term like that, and it's it's like, your mom. She I every time I think like acronyms, I'm like Lisa. Lisa, <laughs> come on, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> like you know that's she she and it works. It makes people remember things, so yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I hope I interrupt like at least thirty percent less than Lisa does, but. <laughs> No, but sorry, back to Einstein's uh, sad. Thing. So, sad. Yeah, yeah. So he did make him sad. He was not happy about that at all. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a big issue for him. Never got resolved in his lifetime. Um, so spooky action at a distance. Basically, non-local entanglement is the thing that we can't explain. It's like if you want to talk about the oracle or the black box or that we don't know how, but we know that it does happen. Mm -hmm. um, that would be non-local like a non-local correlation. So some sort of connection between things that it's not like, okay, you and I, if we held hands, we're connected in this room. But after we let go of those hands, we're no longer entangled that way. 
non-local and non-local correlation or entanglement spooky action at a distance would be like if we're talking about particles those two things once they've been entangled doesn't matter where Where they they go in the like not even just the world the universe what happens to one will affect the other so So store they're codependent Maybe that's a way to say it, potentially. Um, they're in- intertwined, they're entangled. Intertwined. Right? Entangled, sorry, yeah. They're entangled. And, and once, but once we measure it, basically, so entanglement, it's like, it's like this constant state. And when I think of entanglement, maybe this is just my like bias at this point. It's like, I think of like this wave that's just like going and going and going, right? And like, and, 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 it, it, it's not any one specific thing at one specific time because it's just like this fluid thing. It's entangled. It's not a, it's not a discrete quantity. It's continuous. Yeah, it, it ebbs and flows and it, yeah, it goes, right. yeah. Until, so if we were going to like now inject this into the experimental setup, those, when we're not watching something, when we're not measuring it, it's existing kind of like continuously as if it's all of, it can be in any state. We, we don't really know because so we're not looking at it. Yeah. It could be in any one of these infinite states. But once we look at it, we force reality to collapse on one of them. Wow. That's fascinating. That's, and that's why, that's why it's, it was such a friggin' astronomical thing that it's like, wait, so us simply measuring, us interacting, us looking at the system causes an effect of like a, a, a concrete, what we perceive as a concrete outcome. Can, can you call that, uh, probably a wrong term, confirmation bias? Is that what that when you're looking at the experiment and you're? I think that's the other way around. Like when you're when you when you're you're wanting something to be true, so you're looking for yeah, confirmation yeah, to make sorry. you biased. Where it's like there could be lots of other information out there yeah, that so it's actually the opposite. Yes, dissuades gotcha. you, but you're not looking for those yeah. things. You're only looking for the things that confirm what you want to believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe somebody should fact check me on that as well. But I feel like that's no, what that yeah. is. Um, I, so that's amazing. He came up with that. Oh, okay, no, 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 he didn't come up with that. He basically concluded, basically, through these experiments, through the, through the evidence, like double slit experiment, and through the evolution of the theory of quantum mechanics, this is what quantum mechanics was suggesting, is that particles actually entangle with each other. Things at subatomic level entangle with each other, and they have this weird ability to have non-local correlation with each other, which is like, seems like, but how would we ever measure that? How would that be possible? What the hell? How would they be able to share information that way when they're so damn far apart? Like, how? How? Because things, if things are rooted in physicality, that's not physical anymore. Yeah. There's something else going on there. Spooky action at a distance. Action. Nevertheless, though, boom, it boom, seems boom, to be boom, the outcome. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we have, we have, like, we do these experiments, and that's the case. Is that when we we collapse a certain reality, and that's the outcome, and we can we can predict what that outcome can be, but we can't know until we actually measure it. Which is not what classical mechanics says. Classical mechanics says this is the law that governs what goes on here. If you input this exact information, I can guarantee you, you that, that it's not probabilistic. I guarantee you that's what you're going to get out. One it's plus deterministic. One is two. It's it's one plus one is two. It's deterministic. And you know quantum mechanics one plus one. Be 17. Zero, be 17. Could be whatever you want it to be. 
that's a bit fruity, but like I, not the it, it's true though. They yeah. like in a, in in essence, that is kind of what's going on. Is that it's probabilistic. Terms, yeah. It's 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 we know like in probabilities. I don't think that's a concept that scares people. That things are probabilities. It's not always definite. Like in fact, that's actually probably a very common thing. Is people know that nothing's like definite in their life. So sure, probabilistic yeah. doesn't seem that out there. But when you're dealing in experimentation and you're dealing with laws that are supposed to dictate something, we're supposed to like we've it's, found a way to measure. Yeah, it's there, concrete. Concrete. Yeah. There's no way for us to do that in this realm of, of level of science it's like what yeah. but that's that's very very odd um sounds like yeah you must scratch your head at work like 48 <laughs> times a day. i like constantly feel like and then that's the thing i think we're all just kind of like what is going on like i feel like every every physicist has a, like a, a tick or something when they get puzzled whether it's a nail bite or like a nose scratch or a yeah hair pull. They, uh, everyone's got their definitely thing. definitely like a hair pull i'm definitely a hair yeah. puller and a nail bite or probably and a neck sweater and a neck sweater yes a neck sweater that usually happens when i'm on the spot if i'm just like studying or thinking about something which yeah. i constitute as studying <laughs> just staring at a wall thinking that that's it's just like yeah you get so lost sometimes that it's it almost can kind of like scare you about reality you're like where what where are we like what is that what is what happening are what are we what is life what does it mean what does it mean i don't know i yeah. think i think so entanglement is really if you're gonna like in a nutshell summarize the advantage that quantum computers what they leverage over classical computers we talked about a lot of things we threw a lot of terms out there but like fundamentally speaking from a physics perspective from a science perspective it's entanglement the nature of entanglement that they're leveraging so these these qubits are entangling information with each other which is their way of 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 holding that greater amount of information than than what classical bits are able to do and that that ability to hold a greater amount of information just allows us to do more complex and simulate more complex systems that behave on a quantum quantum mechanic quantum mechanical level, level yeah. um, rather than classical mechanical level. And it's it's all still very, because we don't know everything about quantum mechanics, we don't, we can't really know everything about quantum computers either, right? Yeah. Like, So hold your horses, people. Mm-hmm. We'll get there when we fucking get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you, would you really want everything to be answered? That's the no. other question. You gotta have spontaneity in life. See, this is, this is something that scared me. I can't, what was it? Who, um, some Orwellian book, 1980 something. 1984. Right. So I was reading, and I don't think this had, he had any any intention of this to be like from when he was thinking this this quote or this this like passage he was thinking about it from a physics or scientific perspective but like we often think and this is the way i used to think too that we need more complex more complex more complex theories just build and build and build out on a, a more fundamental simple theory to try and have the answer to everything that the stephen hawking's unified the Theory of everything, um, uh, Lagrangian of the universe, if you will. No, it, it's it's it's. We think it has to be more complex and more complex and more complex to like be able to contain all of this. When in reality, you, I actually am starting to think that like I, I that's really. That, that shouldn't be the case, and I don't think that is the case, that it, it becomes more complex and more complex. All we're doing in those situations where we have a simple theory and we're trying to, like, a, basically append exceptions Ex- onto these rules. Extrapolate, extrapolate, extrapolate. And it's like, mm, you know, are we just, like, building our little house of sticks further with more sticks? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I think the thing, it, it shouldn't actually get more complex if we're, if you think about, think about, so say we had like, I wish I had a way, can I draw on this for you? I know you, you, yeah. nobody else can see this, but like, 
So say... To, can we, you talk into the mic when you... Sorry. No, you can Can yeah. I move it? Nope. I'm, nope. Yeah. I'm just going to... I'm just going to... I'm just going to take the paper over here and do a little... It's the, yes, it's, yes. the, it's the tutor in me. I'm sorry. Um, draw, I'm pretty draw. sure I've tutored, like, everyone in your family. Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point or the other, honestly. Um, I can't Can you but. teach me how to read, doctor? No, I'm dyslexic. You don't want to learn how to me read from too. me. <laughs> um, sorry. We, so, so, think about it. So, we have this theory. I'll just call it Theory X. And we want to be able to describe everything with Theory X, right? So, we're building out and building out and building out maybe a little this way and then this way. Yeah. And people just keep making exceptions to this rule. So, we're trying to get to, to, to a theory that, that encompasses that whole outer circle from that center. It's called Theory O. Theory O. Instead of having a small theory and trying to branch, I think we're working the wrong direction. That theory that would encompass everything yep. should be the most fundamental, simple thing. And that unequivocally agreed upon yeah. in the whole community. It should be able to just, it, every, it should be the umbrella. And the more, co- the, the, all the little nuanced things, you should be able to subdivide within that larger thing. We're going the wrong way. We have one of these small little fragments and we're trying to like build the circle out from that. And it's like that, folks, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But the scary thing, okay, so so what, what, what really freaked me out, the way he was talking about it in terms of language, and he was like how we're trying it was something about becoming more efficient maybe or like the dangers of things becoming more efficient or more simplistic was that we we do, we don't we don't like having multiple he was something about people um wanting to to or like disputing about articulation and language and how it it's 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 frivolous and and actually confusing to have so many different terms for trying to convey the same message like we should just have one way to be able to convey yeah, it because that's how you get misinformation that's how you get misinformation however if we only had one way to say things, all of the beauty, all of the art, all of the everything that's been that's been able to happen through that noise, through that, if you want to call it that way, through that that lack of efficiency, through that um, flexibility that we've we've introduced into the system. Yep. If you take that away, you reduce all of that. Everything simplifies back down to one point, and then you almost erase that, like the whole world. It's like you're you're not realizing the danger of that. If we if we cut away all that quote unquote excess fat, you're cutting away like you're you're going to you're going to reduce it down to nothing it's going to just come back to the singularity no you're actually you're gonna get yeah. So this is where it's like kind of like freaky too that like when you think about singularities or you think about the Bing Bang being that's we it, I think honestly I think for us to be able to understand the universe on a on in a more like holistic or like on a next level sort of um, scale we we have we have to do there's something wrong with our geosp not wrong but there's something limited about our geospatial reasoning as human beings geospatial reasoning yeah like our our our, our temporal spatial reasoning if you want to think about yeah. it that way like our the critical w- the way we think critically the way we scenarios. the way we like the way we compute things in our mind like but the way we exist the way we see three dimensions and then we see t- it's like almost these three dimensions moving along a timeline just going forward and we see time is this linear thing that just like progresses in one direction but i don't really think that's actually what's 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just how we, and I don't know if maybe that's how we've been conditioned to perceive perceive things, or if that's like just our species, like that's our limitation and that's all we know how to do. If you're, if you're told something for a long enough amount of time and it's told again and again, you're going to be inclined to do that. Exactly. Right. So, and this is, I was like determined. I was like, I'm going to raise a bunch of quantum babies, (laughs) not human children. Obviously I was going to like make some sort of algorithm, like do it, do it, do an artificial experiment. Obviously that probably wouldn't hold a lot of water but we'll, I, we'll get I, in touch I, with CRISPR and yeah we'll, was, get some, yeah we'll get some quantum clones out I there. was like how can we do this because if maybe they saw space and time in a different way it, it has would, fresh eyes on it right yeah. it wouldn't be looking we think about the Big Bang and you probably think about it think about it as like a tiny little point in space blowing up and expanding outwards yeah. three dimensionally that's just because that's what I was told that's right that's that's because that's how you reason spatially in your mind yeah. is that that's how things move about. Yeah. But is that how? But things but move who, about? but like no one was there live, so I don't. Yeah, you, we don't. Right? Know. We don't know. All we can do is is reverse engineer based on the data, the the leftover data evidence that we have, and we basically and and I mean that's no small feat either. Like I'm not trying to say we're all fine. Like we really are doing the best we can with what we have. Like we've come a long way from like the fact yeah. that even a hundred years ago, my dad pointed that out today it was like a hundred years ago they're like. Like we're, we're barely like cars on the road, like and yeah, now, the, the Model T just turned a hundred and <laughs> three years ago, right? So it's like you know, I'm not trying to like sh- like you know, poo poo humanity, poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm like, not trying to poo poo. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> There's. There's, there's. I'm sorry. The there, way you said poo, you sounded like a Parisian. Oh very, God! Mm. I'm not trying to poo poo. I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying I, to poo poo on your croissant. You know what I mean? Sorry. I'm really not. I digress. I'm, 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 I'm just. It's, it's for as, as good as we've done, like fist pump. It's really not that much, and, and we, we, look like looking back like it is not much because we we don't really like you said we humans weren't around we don't really have we're like basically going based off of like we're we're almost storytellers in a way we're storytellers and we're detectives because we're like looking for these little clues and we're trying to build a story from it and so like to the best of our knowledge with the information that we have this is a a plausible story that could fit most of the things that we found but there's still like so many damn gaps you gotta love you gotta love the human instinct to be curious because without without oh, people yeah. being curious by nature, you wouldn't have all. You wouldn't have so much stuff. This if is, people weren't asking questions, it's it's. We're it's gonna, obviously it's a, as old as time. It's like people asking why. Yeah. But it's like imagine if people weren't curious by nature. Imagine if curiosity was never introduced to humans or. Introduced. Uh, be careful how you phrase that. Was Sorry? it introduced or was it an organic manifestation? Either way, however, however <laughs> curiosity came to be. Imagine if we didn't have that. How how dull things would be. So the fact that you, you just ask someone a question, we're gonna and, and they'd be like, they wouldn't know how to answer it, they, so the discussion would end. They wouldn't care to answer it either, yeah. right? There would be no incentive. So here's here we'll bring this. We'll make it political again. Why not? So to, to all the friggin' people who try and rely on ca- like the their argument, they 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 lean on for capitalism is that well, if people didn't have jobs, everyone would just be fucking lazy and would just sit around and fucking stare at a wall. What? 
Like, are do you honestly, do you honestly tell me the reason you sit around and stare at a wall or like play video games or do whatever the hell you do for your two days off of your seven fucking day week is because you hate the other five days. You a human needs to decompress. You don't have you're, meaning and purpose. You don't have any meaning and purpose. You're trying to just distract yourself from how shit that is the other friggin' 70% of your time. So you're not doing these grandiose. You don't have that space and that time to be organic to be intellectual to be curious in your own, on your own yeah. volition like when you're, you're just, not naturally exciting your brain it's easier for your brain to get complacent to get and complacent, do naturally unexciting things which is the only thing you really have time for when the vast majority of your time is you're selling your labor to some capitalistic asshole who's leveraging you like exploiting you not leveraging is too kind of word Ex- I wish damn I, exploiting I you. wish I was only selling my labor <sighs> <laughs> we're all slaves we're all selling our labor unless you're one of those capitalistic friggin tycoons like it's it's i hate that argument though that like we need some sort of structure otherwise people would just be like complacent turds on a log no they wouldn't no they wouldn't they absolutely would not the reason they do that on the weekends is as we just talked about because they're so exhausted because they're they have no meaning and purpose because they don't have time that's right they, they, they haven't found something that makes them find themselves that's so right speak. that's right and because there's no opportunity to, or to yeah. do so we just were oh humans wouldn't do that how do you how do you even think we got here by people being do you think capitalism just like birthed itself as at the time of friggin like the evolution of a human like come I would on sure as fuck hope not right that's such a it's just such a lame ass argument sorry i really got it that's, about that but that's the beauty <laughs> no don't be sorry we're here for it <laughs> we're here for it that's the beauty of lame ass arguments there's uh there's Smack not much down. there's <laughs> not much there's not much logic after 15 seconds of them right it's very short-sighted yeah exactly, exactly. yeah 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 love yeah, it though. yeah but hey man samantha thank you so much for coming on the podcast i learned so much personally and everyone listening is gonna learn so much and you were <laughs> no you were so amazing listen quincy i am so i'm very happy that you reached out to me i'm so happy to do this i you know we definitely like jumped around a lot this wasn't like a, a super like hardcore sciencey thing we can always do another chapter another day that's of like course, yeah. honed in on a specific if there's like feedback from the audience where they're like we want to learn more about this thing or whatever totally happy to yeah. do that we'll i just really get, oh yeah and we'll and we'll do another episode just you and z going Go to, talking you know what that would be so fun would yeah. you be into doing that yes, yeah yeah we, right. could, we could like make a little like we could we could plan it out and and, and really yeah. really with maybe like smoke a bit and just exactly yeah 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 just take my job yeah oh my god <laughs> no he's taking if, your no, job no no if someone did i would want an adonis like zach with his hair <laughs> with his hair he just had a date fuck the his, other day fuck his mind fuck his fuck his opinion his hair is the important yeah very part superficial yeah. <laughs> god no no brilliant minds brilliant minds thank you so much for coming samantha it means more than you know taking the time out quincy thank you this is so much fun yeah and as always guys it's an everything hurts production it's not goodbye it's see you later ciao peace out peace out Okay, welcome to the prickly cactus. We be out here, we talking this and that shit. Yeah, hey, and you can go and check the factus. We talk real shit, not just tissing ass. Sit there harder when we smoking on the stanky. Finger banging shit, and I ain't just talking freaky. Yeah. But don't finger bang a lawnmower. He did that shit, and now his fingers ain't on no more. And you got Quincy looking like a left nut. When he was a kid, he say what when you said what. Now we got a podcast, and that shit fun. If you don't like it, yeah, then you can lick it this, huh?
this So if you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in Because we talking this and that shit If you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in The podcast Prickly Cactus, yeah.